Hey, hey, I gotta keep it cringe, okay? I work with middle schoolers. I gotta keep it cringe. <laughs> and because you're keeping it cringe, greetings and beyond be new. Welcome to an all new The Giant Contraband Robot Podcast. And that right there was our guest for this episode, Leticia Carrasso, lovely known as Letty. Hello, Letty. Hello, everyone. Hi. <laughs> How you doing? And that right there, uh, and that right there is Christian Ventura, the Damon. What's Lama up, um, What was you gonna say, Letty? I was gonna say doing well. Excited to be here. It's been a really long time since I've been in a podcast with you, like many moons. Yep, like so. Years. That's wow. Yeah. I kept wow. Count. I kept count. <laughs> kept count. Damn. Way to be petty. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, we're going to be petty? I'm just joking. Why are you being petty with me? For the last four months, <laughs> four months, people, I've been trying to get Letty on either this or Artist Talk. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, very I'm, true. I'm, very I'm true. Not, I'm not mad. She, she's a very busy woman. And why she's a very busy woman is because she is up-and-coming actress. Out here killing the game. She's on, what, two episodes of um, Minds? Or was it one? Yeah, I'm in, I mean, I I believe I'm in just one. I haven't looked at the episodes because I'm like, ah, I feel really cringe when I see myself. But I think it was one. It was the end of the uh, season one of Mayans. And then they asked me to go. They asked me to go back, but because of COVID, I'm just waiting it out a bit longer, just because those numbers are, you know, they keep rising, and that is the scariest. That's the scariest spooky shit. Yes. Yep. They keep going up. And watch so. Mayans is definitely scary. And, and watch yeah, yeah. If you like Sons of Anarchy, watch Mayans. Alright? I'm glad it's I It's pretty it. solid. That's why I love the fact that FX made a deal with Hulu, so all their shit is now on Hulu. So mm-hmm. I, I can keep catch up with Mayans and hence why I was like, that's my best friend right there. There's not many networks I miss from like regular TV from when I had it, but FX... <laughs> Excuse me. For a second. No. Um, also... Can we talk about the Wonder Woman part, or that's still we go? That's still on the hush. Dead Sounds air. like a hush. That's a hush. Okay, that's dead air. That means no. All right. And <laughs> cut here. <laughs> now we're gonna cut. Here. We should come back. Um, but like, once again, welcome back to the John Contraband Robot, where we have we're technically if you're coming back if you listen to this Halloween episode. We're technically on hiatus, so which means we'll be back in November. We have all new artist talk on the November tenth. We'll have um, the regular GCO episodes will be back the following week, and Team and Team review will be back. You just don't know the shit we've been through for these last two weeks. <laughs> it's, a, it's been a two weeks. It, it's been a two weeks. It's 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 been a two weeks, and. Oh my god, the debates. <laughs> that was part of it. That was part of the two weeks. Like <laughs> this whole month had just it's been spooky. Yes. That's yeah. Spooky. Um very spooky. We're now we're gonna officially be in level eleven of Jumanji coming in November first, so <laughs> stop. <laughs> I'm I'm willing that animals um, next are gonna end up like going through the streets. That's my next call. Dude. I mean, shoot, have you guys seen the videos of, like, the lions walking between the cars? We're already kind of there. Yeah, they, like, escaped from some zoo or something. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's getting crazy. Here's the thing, though. Those are just lions. 
The murder hornets is still around. Oh shit! I <laughs> forgot about them. Yeah. They, they, the, the, um, I forgot the, um, the, the national order that deals with this stuff. Um, they're, they're, they, they will found one in the upper west, um, forest areas of Washington. That's just one. They said there's still plenty more out there. Oof. Yeah. And they said if bee- there's one. There's gonna be more. Beekeeper, a beekeeper who actually lived, he said. That's he said. Being stung by one is the worst thing you'll ever feel. He said. Imagine he said you get if it's a swarm, you're dead. So it's basically like that thing out of the Wicker Man. Yeah. <laughs> but like in actual life. I'll make sure to put the scream for the Wicker Man in here. Not the bees. The bees. But. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Oh god! Why? Why is it that Nicolas Cage has to like invade all of my nightmares? Hey, he's Superman now, so fuck it. We mean now? Wait, what? Did he finally part retroactively? Here's the thing, though. All right. Oh my gosh! We're getting on topic. Superman. Hold on. We'll get on topic soon. So why you? He does. Yeah. He was originally supposed to be Superman in um in Superman Lives. Mm-hmm. If you want to see the documentary by the late great John Schnepp, watch the depth of Superman Live. What happens? But Nicolas Cage got to come back to voice Superman for Teen Titans Go. There's going to be another DC title, and Nicolas Cage will be voicing Superman in that as well. Huh. Coming soon. So Nick Cage is Superman for the moment. Well, All right. So he's a, he's a voice acting Superman. All right, I can I can live with that. Yeah, I'm like it's okay if he's voice acting. Fuck it, voice yeah. acting is literally for anybody and everybody, you know. Yeah, there you go. He's gonna ham it up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I still have seen Teen Titans Go, and I do not want to see Teen Titans Go. And uh, <laughs> here's the thing, I was always shitting on it, and I was like, Teen Titans, the original Teen Titans is just as great. And I went to go back and watched it. I remember it came out while I was out of high school. If it was um, Teen Titans came on during when I was in high school or in middle school, I would probably have a better affinity for it. But now it is just as goofy and crazy as Teen Titans go. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. It's the art style, too. The art, the art style, style for, sure. for Teen Titans is like more serious. And but to be fair, Teen Titans like, go. Teen Titans as a show did have like a a much more serious like darker tone when it came to like their larger arcs yes and that's that was the ones that i and i remember i was like i never seen a season straight through i only watched the ones where there was the more serious episodes oh then yeah that makes sense okay so i was like yeah i now long no longer cannot talk shit about teen titans go because i now have i now have i don't have an affinity for the original titans anymore Mm. Hence why I, not even the theme song, man. Not even the theme song. No, <laughs> I do not want to ever hear the song theme ever again. Yes. Okay. I, do, I don't even want to watch any X Men animated series or Spider Man animated series because they're all trash. Yes, we you you are ve- we we have established long and hard on the podcast that you are so against the current tellings of spider-man and x-men <laughs> here's the thing uh spider-man 90s spider-man he is a whiny little bitch I... <laughs> um x-men 90s why won't you go out with me the x-men 90s series they miss like oscar isaac in apocalypse 
They mistreat Jubilee. This is not the Jubilee in the comic books whatsoever. And the show totally bungles any comic book storylines. Yes, so Jubilee it, does not get her due in like the actual like animations at all. Anything. <laughs> she does not. The only good Jubilee. X-Men Legends 1 and 2. The as sad for a fucking video game that Jubilee is the best yeah. Jubilee. Hey, then that's one of the rare instances where the video game got it like more than anything else. But here's the thing: we're not here to talk about X Men, Marvel, or DC. Good point. Good point. <laughs> that's a t- see. Welcome to the first tangent of the episode. Thank you, lady. Thank you for coming into the tangent. And that was a five-minute <laughs> tangent. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> and it, okay, okay, okay. Just restart the podcast from right here now. Nah, nah, nah. All right, we're gonna stay on target. We're gonna stay on target. Uh, it is Halloween, everyone, and if you didn't get that part, the intro, the greetings and beyond be new. Um, I got that from Secret Saturdays. If you have not seen that cartoon, see, I don't think it's streaming. It has Dude, a. Dude, I forgot about the Secret Saturdays. It has a tinge of horror. I mean, it's a kids' cartoon, but yeah. Our BB Argus is the ultimate horror villain ever. If you need watch Secret Saturdays, it is one of my favorite cartoon shows, and I like that intro from that villain. That's the one. That's the one that like has weird Johnny Quest vibes, right? Yeah. Yeah. With all those yeah, cryptic monsters, like the Yeti, Bigfoot. Yeah, that was a fun one. I remember that man. That was like deep in the back of my mind. Yep. Um, Nicole Sullivan from Mad TV was the voice of the mother. Um, huh. Nice. Uh, fuck, I forgot the name of the uh the actor. He he was John uh Marshall Manhunter in Smallville. Oh oh crap yeah. Um oh. and no okay. not of uh, James Masters because we found out he was Brainiac. If you have not seen Smallville, that's on you because that is a big spoiler. James Masters ah. Spike is Brainiac, not Martian Manhunter. I mean, to be I fair, will forget this. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, it's been so long since I started watching Smallville, like when I was little, and then I maybe got a couple of seasons in, and then I totally lost track. And I was an adult. I'm like, I don't know if I want to go back to that because now I know some things that happen. Yeah. But from like uh, overall, I heard it was like it was decent. It was like the most decent. Like a superhero show at the time. Yeah, it was definitely popular around the time for sure, right? It was trash. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but then I heard that it turned to trash, exactly. Yeah. That it turned to trash. Like interpretations of a lot of characters fell by the wayside and started being like really weird. I'll say this I was always suspect of the Arrowverse because majority of the writers and producers on Smallville ended up working on Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning. And now the new Superman TV show and Supergirl that's on CW right now. And they also directed the Green... They all wrote, including Greg Bertolanti himself, Mr. Producer himself, have written the Ryan Reynolds fuckfest that is the Green Lantern. Damn. <laughs> so I do not, uh, I do not trust anything that comes out of Warner Brothers in terms of DC. Mm-hmm. Every time, ta- every time something uh, comes on, he gets an alert, and it's called a Warner Brother. <laughs> That's a good one. Stop. I'm giving oh you that my. one. That's a good pun. That I give you that one. All right. Hey. No, <laughs> normally your puns is trash. That was a good one. Warner Brother. That is. 
One of the rare times. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Because nobody did not warn Ray Fisher. <laughs> now finally flashed the picture in his eyes. And he got out and now he's snitching on everybody. Go ahead. Yo. Um, that's the actor, right? That's yep. the actor that is like going out and about saying like, oh, well, they were mean to me or this and that, right? That's yep. that dude. Yep. He needs to calm down. I think he. I think he thinks by putting everybody on blast, yeah, he's, he's getting good good spotlight. But he isn't. Like, um, I think some of these things he could have talked to Warner Bros. Like, yo, this was happening, and this is like, this is trash or whatever. But instead, he's going into interviews and just being so public about it that oh, I don't know. I don't even know what he's in next. I don't think anybody wants to work with someone who trash talks to people that gave him a chance on pretty much the DC universe. Speaking of horror. Even though it, it, it was kind of trash, but still, <laughs> keep that to yourself a little. <laughs> Speaking of horror, um, Andy Muschietti, um, director of It Chapter 1 and 2, him and his sister, uh-huh. And I, I totally fucked up and said him and his wife, and I found out they're, they're siblings. So, once again, the Mushieti. Oh! Hear mm. this. Apologies. <laughs> Apologies. Because <laughs> most people are proactive. Damn. Because sometimes the man will take the um, the wife's last name or something, like in the traditional. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think about married couples no more because majority, like, look at Zack Snyder and his wife. Like, majority of these producers are and directors are husband and wives. You don't hear siblings right. anymore. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, I think what technically the only siblings that I can think of off the top of my head are like what the Wachowskis, yes. um, the what's it, uh, the the Stranger uh, Things bros. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly who I'm thinking of. But um, <laughs> and his sister. Um, are in negotiations to bring Ray Fisher in the Flash movie. So he I... he wants him in the movie, but it's all up to the head Warner Brothers and who's over yep. and Walter Hamada's over DC films. Yep, yep, yep. So, like you said, lady, he needs like Jason Momoa did come out and say he supports him, and that was it. He said one thing, mm. and that was it. Momoa even knows. I only can say so much. I got my own shit to deal with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, let's go into some horror. <laughs> I, yeah. I, 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 but um. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's go right into horror movies that we love and horror movies that we can shit on. I. Um. Now, lady, we will will be nice to Resident Evil. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, we're going. We're going to you first. Uh, all right. Okay. Okay. My favorite horror movie, which has like most of it is horror, but then it's like thriller slash mystery slash what? <laughs> I'm talking about the thing, the Ooh. classic, the Thank thing. You. Like Thank not the really remake, good. the classic, the thing. Nice. Because at the end of it, you don't know between the the last two survivors. Yeah. You don't know if they are the thing or one of them is the thing or you, even the actors don't know. Like they said in an interview that they never got told 
if they were the ones who were the oh, thing. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so even they don't know. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, John Carpenter actually came out and said, pay attention to the dog at the end of the movie. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. But it's a theory. It's a th- I think it's also a theory from him, but yeah, I don't know. That's the, that's the wonderful thing about it. You go through all of these like things. They find this alien thing, and suddenly, oh my god, the... the oh. It's not even CGI. It's it's like straight up makeup effects and these beautiful, okay, not beautiful, but horrific <laughs> designs that are just so perfectly scary yeah. and just it's just yeah. it was just wonderfully freaky, scary. And to me, the scariest part wasn't the uh, anyway. The freakiest thing to me wasn't the the animatronics and whatnot it was the fact that we didn't know if either or of those two people were going to survive or where the thing was at the end of the movie yeah um that was i did like i do like a horror movie like the thing that has a good mystery to it because one one of the thing was one of the horror movies damn i'm getting a little bit older i did see it (laughs) like for some reason when movies have sex in it my parents do not want me to watch it but if it's horror movies, oh no, you can watch it. Like, what kind of fucking logic is that? Like, I don't it's, get uh, Yeah, it's weird logic. <laughs> um, so, I I think I was fortunate enough in '88, like in within in those times, like from the age of three to like about ten, um, to like I say about not five, being in that age range of these horror movies coming out, I was lucky to see them so like I can now have a gauge of like what I don't want to see in modern horror and the thing is one of the ones that it was like they had to get this had to be a good idea for uh for Clayface because Clayface you can think of Clayface as the thing yeah to tie it back mm-hmm. to, uh, to comic books because the thing can be anything it wants like Clayface it could but the thing was saying the thing twice the creature, I'll just say the creature. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you don't know, it could read minds, so it was like able to hold a conversation with other people until you did something or there was a reaction to something that affected the creature. And then it was able, like Kurt Russell being the hero, the quote unquote hero of the, of the picture, was able to combat it. Like, all right, it doesn't like this, so we need to do this. But then when they do that specific thing to the creature it is like it's counteracting to it so it's like what the fuck so as we get towards the end it's like nope I don't like that I don't like that <laughs> um, have you seen it Christian or this, this is like a blind spot uh, I've seen I've seen the remake not the OG one. Oh my god the one with, <laughs> the one with Mar- Mary Elizabeth Winstead huh yeah <laughs> Like I feel like it doesn't do the original justice most likely. No, because um, I think that one is a prequel. Oh, okay. Yeah, hence why um, John Carpenter gave it the okay because it's technically a prequel. Got you. Okay. But huh. one of the ones I feel is the best horror movie of all time, and it's not because of the killings. Oh, or the of killings. all time! Holy all time. shit! Here we go. All time, the original Halloween. Because it introduced, 
it introduced more of the psychological aspect of it. Well, it can be, it's a normal human being committing these murders. You know, I just watched the original Halloween uh, last year, right before the new one came out. Mm -hmm. And I was blown away at how good it was. I'm like, I know this is like, what, over 15, 20 years old? And I was still like a little freaked out. And the, like, they don't even tell you the origin of this dude, really. Like, how he got to be this. Or even if he's a human, like... You don't know. All you know is that he's gonna keep fucking sorry, following following this person and trying to kill them and just he's the devil, he's the what the is yeah, you're right. Halloween is very, very good. Halloween is like up there. Not only like cult worthy, but this is what horror movies should What's the word? Like, look at and try to, like, follow the steps of. Hmm. Nice. Because I I do agree with Des. Like, it definitely, it it paved the way to other horror movies. Like, the, the villain or the evil person doesn't have to have a reason. Because they're just pure evil, right? And that's what makes it so scary yeah but they don't have a reason you can't find reason in it and that reason and that fear is just like even if you have a reason you have some sort of like technically narrative which is somewhat comforting but without that it's just even creepier it's just it's just afraid and scared and yeah yep um, the iconic- good choice, does Good choice for that one being your favorite of all time. And the iconic shot from that is when Jamie Lee Curtis is in that hallway, and then he just he just comes right out. Um, and you see, it's just the silhouette of his face. Uh huh. <laughs> just that fucking like, like I don't <laughs> like using the word, so excuse me for using it. Bitch, run. <laughs> 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 like move, like I was like get le- the fuck out of there. That legit scared me more about people than people getting stabbed up because it's the fact that he can like he can just creep up on you anywhere. Um, yeah, and then at the end where John Carpenter and I like what he did at the end. He showed you spots where he was either at or where he could have been at, and it's just dark, windy. It's at night. And just these specific locations that he showed you before it goes right into the credits. And I'm like, that is fucking creepy. He could have been there. And all these kids are, uh, he's in, and I noticed, and even with the, the newer, um, the new one that came out in 2018, he don't go after kids. That is the, that is Wait, wait, no. He, he didn't go after a baby. But even younger, but little kids though, he didn't go after them. He always went after teens and adults. Do you do you read the, or well do you uh, watch or hear the um, the interview they had with I think it was the writer slash director mm, about that like why didn't he kill the baby is it because he has a heart <laughs> and he answered with oh no he's just pure evil his whole mentality is that of a predator a baby a baby's not gonna fight back a baby's not gonna He's just going to cry and just be there. 
yeah, it's while a, 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 yeah, it's not a, it's not like it's threatening. It's not that. It's just the predator inside Michael's head and being. The baby doesn't trigger that, but but somebody else who has a gun pointed at him. Oof, yeah, baby, like bring it. Bring it exactly. So I love, I love that he didn't have an explanation of, oh, he has a heart, nothing. He was just like, the baby is nothing. He could kill it, no problem, but it wouldn't be satisfying because he has this predator vibe to him. Just so, kill, kill, kill. All right, so but in that, not, in that yeah. logic, in that logic, then kids are not really the prey. It's more the people who can put up a fight. Yep. 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 If you if you rewatch the movies, you you'll see that it's like these teenagers that are actually fighting back, or you know, just make a scene in a way that makes it fun, maybe that, or it just it like, triggers his predator, like I said, his predator vibe, and that just like that's just evil. That's it's all like the more like a like yeah. a shark senses like a flailing fish in the water and that's what attracts it or something. Yeah. Yeah, like finding Nemo when that shark like gets a taste of Dory's blood and he's like, whoop that <laughs> You see it in his eyes like, ooh. because uh, I know because there was like going back to the seventy eight version, um and really yes, it came out in seventy eight, the same year as Superman. So <laughs> <laughs> Keep that in your mind. Because um, it always comes back to me like, now that I know that, kids are just walking by him and they just think he's a dude in a costume. Just, and they just, they're not even fucking paying attention whatsoever. And it's just like, he's not even like paying no mind to no kids. Like, he stops at a house, he sees a woman in the kitchen, he goes through the backyard, he goes through the driveway, through the, through the house, kills the woman. Now there's kids in the living room watching TV. Yeah, he, he picks up the knife, yeah, yeah. goes back out the door, goes right down the street. <laughs> didn't even fuck with the That's, kids. Mm. He just killed the ki- killed the mother in the kitchen, and that was it. And I was like, "Oh, that was intent." He was like, "I need something out of that house," and then I saw it. I'm gonna take it and just go. The but, knife, yeah, dude, that scene. But he, uh, but the intent was always. I got chills. The the intent was always I have to kill Laurie Strode, and I was always like, mm-hmm. "What? What is like?" And anyone that's in the way as well so i was like why and dr loomis was never helpful all right he, he, that 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 old fucker was no helpful <laughs> like, like, like shoot him in the head like what the fuck yeah yeah he's like don't hurt him you stupid i'm just like you stupid bitch yeah you're gonna die <laughs> like the um another one i i call this lower tier so like number two because at least halloween up to a certain point um, Michael Myers up to a certain point was it was fine and then they started doing the ritual demolistic shit and that just like it went off the deep rails like Friday the 13th which is next on our mm-hmm. horror, horror movie list um, now news report um, this is legit news report Blumhouse wants to make a Friday the ter- 13th reboot they huh. gotta stop they gotta stop Again? they gotta stop give it more time I feel like give him more time and get some good, good last, writers in that. When was the last time we had a Friday the Thirteenth movie? Because I know the one with uh, Jerry Padalecki from Supernatural. He was in one, but that was like way back in the early twenty tens. 
<laughs> so I think it, it, it's been a good distance, but Jason has been used to death. You have the Friday Thirteenth game, yep, which is it looks good. I like watching other people play because I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not scared in these horror games. It's the fact that I don't like the fact that I have to be Jason and I have to chase other people. I mean, Friday the Thirteenth is fun, but it's like it's mm, broken. I don't know. Yeah. It's broken, and then if you want something like that, I think your better option at that point is Dead by Daylight. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and I don't, I don't get the. Uh, have y'all both played Dead by Daylight? I yep. love Dead by Daylight. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> this is still on topic because there's a Friday Thirteenth DLC for Dead by Daylight. If I'm correct. What? I think there no. is. No, wait, no, there is not. No, oh, okay. it's 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 not Jason. It's Michael. Oh, yeah, okay. it's, it's Michael. It has like the saw guy. Has the the killer from Scream. Like a bunch of different stuff. What is the what is the yeah. what is the premise of? I know it's a I know it's a. Co-op it's literally game. the same. It's the same mechanics pretty much as Friday the Thirteenth, where like people are running around and trying to escape, or like, uh, you know, like in this case, activating generators so they can open the door to escape the area. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's like Friday the Thirteenth, where somebody is the killer, and there's people who are also trying to like complete tasks to get out. Oh, okay. All right. It's only it's, difference it's, is is it's the time. Dead by Daylight. It's a it's something you can finish a game in fifteen minutes. Yeah. And then Friday the Thirteenth, since you can play with like up to what like twelve people. Yeah. Like it can be a long game, but the thing is is that you get a lot of different tasks you can do. You can f- try to fix the car yeah. or you can try to find a radio and call the police yeah. or you can try to radio what is it Tommy who's the only yeah, one who can a, like a carry a gun. It's, there's just a lot of factors to Friday the 13th. The only thing like the reason we were saying it's broken it's because of something with the copyright between the the character in the game that they were only able to do a certain amount of work on the game until whoever it is that owns that franchise that the rights said okay we're not making enough money you're done whatever it is that you have done uh just use that but you can't make any more content you can't uh do any more updates and so however the game it is that they finished that was it really that, and it could have been so much better. I think, and it had so much potential. Um, I feel ah. the reason why I feel Friday Thirteenth is now lower tier is because whoever holds the rights to Friday Thirteenth, because every time you hear about Friday Thirteenth, it's always in legal battles. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. um, LeBron James, of all people, he wanted to do a Friday Thirteenth movie. He can't legal. Um, now Blumhouse, um, and then there's posters going around about a reboot coming out next year. But here's the thing, though, it all t- ties back to legal um, um, troubles. Um, and that, and I'm going to shit on the one that came out. I want to say 2010, 2012. The reason why I shit on that one, um, I forgot what you, I think it was either Cinema Sins or whatever YouTube channel it was. My brother showed me the only black guy in the whole. <laughs> Fucking up, Jason. All right? I mean, whipping his ass. <laughs> uh-huh. It probably could have been Citizens at that point. And then you see the axe right there in the stump. He, the brother runs past it. Jason uh-huh. gets up, takes the axe, and chucks yep. it and hits the guy in the back. And Sounds him. about right. I'm yep. like, mm-hmm. 
I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna use my one on this show. I'm not gonna use it. I was gonna. I was, <laughs> oh, gonna, you're gonna, gonna, use it I was gonna. I was gonna use it. I was really gonna use it. I'm like, this is why I don't like minorities in horror movies. If you, if Wait, you what? No, this is here's the reason why. They always put the minority, the either Hispanic or black. It's always a Hispanic or a black person in these horror. That's movies. true. That's true. Because here's the thing. And, you know why they gotta kill him early? Because if they stayed alive long enough, they would fucking live because they wouldn't be in half of the goddamn movie anyways. And this is going to be a call- <laughs> Hold on. There's a callback to a Friday the 13th movie. Um, and they always give the minority character the most logic out of everyone. What always happens to the person, with the, the, um, the minority with the most logic, they get killed off. They get, uh, they get Sam Jackson in Deep Blue Sea. There you go. And, and plus, Sam Jackson is the one who started. You give a speech, you die. Yeah, he gave a speech and he was logical, so therefore he had to die. So here's why: every time you watch The Walking Dead, who gives it, whoever gives a speech or who was the most inspirational, they got blocked <laughs> off. Yeah, because that's the way they tear it down. They build you up and think they're like, look at this statue of hope, and then they cut it out from underneath you and be like, this is the world you're in, because it's like well, anything that every writer does. Well, think about it. All, all horror stories, movies, scripts, whatever, they have a, a, a structure that's like, this is what makes it horror. And I think that the movie Scream makes, makes fun of it so well and explains it so well, too. It's like, there's always going to be, like, the virgin girl. There's yeah. going to be, like, the, the, the minority person who's going to get killed. Because yep. that's always been a thing since, like, the beginning of horror movies. Yep. Like, it's just been a thing, and they followed that structure. And, and because it's been so successful. That's I mean, it has, it. hasn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. you know, exactly. like, uh, Jordan Peele, he's changing the game for horror storytelling yeah and i love it i love it i love it i love it i love that they can't like him as the host for the new version of the twilight zone because he's the, i think he's the producer in that one as well i think yeah, so, he's right? the producer um, mm-hmm. yep because he said i remember him saying he wants to see more people of color creating original horror movies because he said um he said yes i want i'm gonna do black horror but he's like i want to see latin horror i want to see he's he wants to give everyone the American wise, American in terms of American wise, because he's he. I think him and someone else said best horror, Latin horror is what is made like, um, wreck. I'm not gonna watch the Americanized version. I'm gonna watch the Latin version because it's more it's it's better. Yeah. Do the Spanish version? Yes, it's so good. Like, <laughs> yeah. Here, what did they do with wreck? They they called it quarantine. I think, right? I think so, yeah. They, they call it quarantine, and they made it, like, oh, spoiler alert. Oh, they are demons. And then in Wreck, they were actually going with, something weird is going on here. Is this a virus? What What is it? And it just, overall, it was just a very good plot. Well, in quarantine, it was something, like, again, that horror structure of minority dies. Yeah. The the innocent girl kind of makes it through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What I like but about while Wreck... Mm. Mm. Like the, more, mm. the more loose, risque girl gets uh, killed halfway through the movie just before you think she's going to live. Yeah. Something um, like that, yeah. <laughs> um, there have... Well, because it's, it's, it's a Latin... It's a Mexican movie. It's a Spanish-made movie. 
it's yes, more Spanish. Uh-huh. It is everyone is of the same race, which means you can give you can give those tropes, but it makes because. <laughs> but it's the fact that it's now it's all set in one area in one country. It was like, oh, okay, uh-huh. you're giving these tropes that's Amer- it's Americanized, but everyone is the same race. But while here, it's always the minorities who has these dumbass traits, and it's like, seriously. Give the if you want to give the logic trick to anyone, give it to white people. Let their asses die first. Then we can, like, I think there was one horror movie I saw where the um, now Event Horizon, um, <laughs> Richard Jones and uh, Lawrence Fishburne both live. So that's the rarity, and that's yeah. a Paul W. S. Hey, Anderson wait. movie. It so, might not be a full horror movie, but in Deep Blue Sea, didn't LL Cool J live? Yep. <laughs> LL Live, yes, and then we're not going to talk about Buster Rhymes. We're not. We're not going to talk about. What about, uh, what about Anaconda: Hunt for the Blood Orchid? Uh, that, what's his name? No, we're not talking about Anaconda. That racist ass movie, John. <laughs> that mother. Oh my god. You. Oh, I, I feel that's bad. A whole thing in and of itself. I feel bad. My god, it's been so long since I've seen that. I saw it as a child, and I remember thinking, "What?" <laughs> I feel yeah. bad for Angelina Jolie that she's related to John Voight. Right. No, no, no. But I'm specifically mentioning the one, the second one, the I've, Hunt for the Blood Orchid, the I, one that came out afterwards. I don't remember that one. I, that one I Is that out. the one with like, okay, actually, I don't remember it. Yeah, that one. I don't think I ever saw it. Oh, God. There's there's a couple. Um, I'm surprised you know it. <laughs> I, think it has, I think it has, what's his name in it? The guy that plays, um... Oh shoot! The guy that plays uh, Luke Cage, Mike Coulter. Oh, I th- think he's in what? it. Really? I'm trying to remember, but I I'm pretty sure there's like look a, it up. A, look it up. You on a computer, <laughs> so you can look it up. I'm gonna go back to my. I know, computer. right? It's not. It's not like we have a. It's not like we have the internet. Um, I mean, back to my back to going back to my point. We was on topic. Yeah, yeah. We were on topic. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> You know that, what? I'm thinking of more uh, of um, Maurice Chestnut. That's Maurice Chestnut. Oh, okay. Maurice. Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One of the few movies that Maurice Chestnut's lived, right? Yeah. One of the few. It, well, it, no, actually, he didn't live in that. Oh, okay. So <laughs> he, he was pretty much on brand. He was the Sean Bean of black people, pretty much. Yeah, pretty right. Yeah. If if I don't know, watch any movie with Morris Chestnut in the nineties. Watch anything with Sean Bean. Jesus Christ! They don't like That's start it. getting upset. Like, except right. for the Martian. Yeah, he didn't the die in the Martian. He did not. <laughs> um, and there's um Snowpiercer, the TV series. He he's um actually, I don't know. Oh, he's in it. He, yeah, it was a trailer and they showed him. Yeah, yeah, I'm movie. so excited for it. Season I two. love the movie. Amazing concept excited for the tv show um, i can't wait to understand how the hell they explain that time gap thing um we did on this on the sh- on the sh- uh, episode last year it's lit okay um i'm going off tangent because we was on tangent but now we're off tangent this tv show takes place a couple of years before the chris evans movie not does it, it takes place like a hundred years before doesn't it yeah. it takes like yeah. It's like a whole, like a generation of or two of people yeah. before Chris Evans, yeah, yeah, like pretty much at the beginning of it, yeah. Um, and then the comic book that is going to be coming out takes place after Chris Evans' movie, so they're still the the creators are still going on with um, Snowpiercer, but they specifically said 
The TV series takes place sometime before the movie, so but Lady gave us a definitive answer. It's a hundred years before the movie. So Airway but air, so that's air what air. I mean, though, because even in the movie, they were only on the train for supposedly like thirty years or even less than that. But you're really, but you uh, that group of people, that group, that people. group of people. Oh wait, <laughs> but how does that? Okay, no, I gotta watch the movie, be, uh, the show, because that does that still doesn't make sense. Supposedly everybody was dead outside the train, but anyways, here's the thing. There, there are children. There are anyway, without spoiling anything. Yeah, yeah, no, okay. but yeah, we're, we're gonna yeah, yeah. back to Friday okay. thirteen. Um, <laughs> now the absurd, the reason why just uh, going back to Friday Thirteenth, there was one, I want to say Friday Thirteenth Three, when shit started jumping off, the one black person in the whole group, he bounced, he up and ran out of Camp Crystal Lake. At yeah. the end of the movie, you seen him coming back with the police. And, yeah, and I think it was like one or two survivors. Like he was the only in the seventies and eighties, the only person of color to be like, <laughs> "Fuck this shit, I'm out." <laughs> I, shit, I'm out. <laughs> I am not staying here to get slaughtered. I'm not staying here to get killed. I'm out of here. I'm gonna go get the cops. I am not a lamb to the slaughter. You know what? It's, I think uh, I'm so sorry. I don't have much to contribute regarding the movies because I've ever only seen I think two Friday the Thirteenth, mm-hmm. and one of them is Freddy versus Jason. And I oh know that God. that one wasn't even like canon; it was just like fan service. Yeah. Did you know so, about the sequel? Did you know about the sequel uh, that was supposed to be? Say what? Did you know about the sequel that was supposed to happen? Oh shit! I'm glad it didn't happen, but no, I didn't know that was a, gonna be a thing. Yeah, it was gonna be Friday Thirteenth versus um, Friday Thirteenth versus Friday, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street versus the Evil Dead. Oh, oh, what? Shit! Bruce Campbell talked about it. He said it was between him, um, Bruce Campbell. Um, oh shit! Um, Sam Raimi. Freddy. Um, Sam Raimi um, was in. It was all in negotiations. They said there was literally they had an idea how to bring Ash in the middle of this, and it was going to literally be Ash. And it was going at some point. It was going to be Ash versus Jason and Freddy Krueger. That would have been crazy. Uh, Yeah, I think I think I would have been down to watch that even just for the LOLs. But that would have been action packed. Like yeah, because he said it all came down to licensing and money. Yeah, but then, of course. But then he said, on top of that, people would have disliked it because it would have brought. It, um, he hasn't. He, Bruce Campbell said he hasn't done anything strictly horror since the first Evil Dead movie because that was strictly horror. Yep. Two had comedy elements, but um, Evil um, Army of Darkness was full on comedy horror. Um, and he said he. Um, that's where the um, Ash versus the Evil Dead came to be, where it blended the two perp- um, perfectly. He said, "He know he's not. He's like, I'm naturally funny. So you put me in a situation where this guy is literally killing people. Yeah. He's like, he's like, Ash is going to crack jokes. He's not going to. He's he's going to take it seriously, but he's going to crack jokes going against Freddy Krueger and um, Jason. And I was like, I still think it's a sin that they didn't make him Sully in the Uncharted movie, but whatever. I thanks for putting that tangent. I'll just say this: because of Tom Helen's age and what they're going for, it makes sense. I can't believe I'm saying this. It makes sense to get 
Mark Wahlberg at his age now to be playing Sully as opposed to getting someone who's close to 70. Yeah, I know. It would have been perfect if um, Drake was in his 30s. I know. I agree. I just want to say Mark looks a little ha-ha-ha with a mustache, but I'm excited to see what they are bringing onto the table for this series. Yeah. So, yeah. And keep those, and I hope yeah. and I hope they do what they did in the games. You think is one thing, and then all of a sudden, the fucking mysticism and horror comes the fuck out of nowhere. Like in the yeah, it hits you games. right in the teeth. Like I'm always like, Amy Heading, she should be writing fucking movies. Like give you the false sense of confidence that you. This actually stays on brand. Um, let's Jason X to give it um a good uh, comparison. God, you and Jason X, man. It is one of the funniest horror movies ever. It is not supposed to be funny. It's not. It's that's why it's so not supposed to be funny, but it goddamn is. It's so damn good. I watched Jason X, but like I was saying, um, I, I seriously feel the Uncharted games has a good mixture of horror. On, well, the first three games, because you're thinking you're getting an actual adventure, a treasure adventure, and then. The mysticism comes in, and then these fucking ancient creatures that are supposed to be fucking dead that killed civilizations are brought back because of the villains. Oh, shit. So, spoiler alert to me, I guess. Here's the thing. <laughs> here's, here's, it's not really a spoiler because, one, I will, it will literally take us two hours to break down Uncharted 1, 2, and 3, and the specifics yeah. of 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> Don't so, even worry about it. Don't so, fret. Just play. I will it. one day get to it. <laughs> get to it. I, I will. I. I still. I think no. I, no. I gave all my PS. I have the collection. I have the Nathan Drake collection. You I just play it on easy mode. Oh, okay, just to get through it. Yes. If you want, <laughs> I'll, I'll help you get PSN, and I'll do backseat gamer with you. <laughs> I. Sounds good. Just I'll, comment. On my shitty gameplay. Well, we'll pull up a Discord. <laughs> we'll, we'll have you on Twitch. Well, I'll be your backseat gamer. And be like, oh, <laughs> you don't want to do this. No, this is the right way. And trust me, there are going to be points in times where you want to rage quit. But you got to get through I went through it. You know what? I'm pretty sure Christian I've seen it. people playing it. I have <laughs> seen people playing it. So I know it can be a challenge. But I'm always down for a challenge, dude. Even with God of War, I'm like, I got to play this in what is it like god mode or whatever i have yeah, yeah. to that's, i'm that's always down for a challenge always i'll always start it at the hardest and if i need to bump it down but i always want to play it at like like hurt me levels oh no i, I always start like medium because i'm like all right medium that's that's if i get sucked it's all good i can just keep going the same like i like to enjoy it my first run but i just don't like it to be too easy mm-hmm. Yeah. But after I did it in medium and I enjoyed the story, I enjoyed the gameplay, and I'm like, I let's go. I'm <laughs> like the most difficult mode okay. until I rage quit. <laughs> I think this is good. That's just me though. Some people love the challenge like from the beginning, and some people like to just chillax. And that's the wonderful thing about video games that have these like uh, the options for difficulty. Yeah. You can, you know, if you just want to relax and you know this is going to have a good plot or you just want to you just want to play it. Yeah. You can go easy or medium, whatever. Yeah. And then However once you're like, you like, damn. It. Um, I think this yeah. is a good transition and Ghostbusters will piggyback onto this um, transition. Video games <laughs> and horror in video games. So we already talked about Uncharted. Um, 
what are games that ha- that you feel we'll take Left 4 Dead we'll put Left 4 Dead and Resident Evil to the side we'll get to those fuck we'll put <laughs> those to the side we're gonna focus right now on games that turn the corner that gives actual legit fucking horror it means it doesn't mean putting on hard mode like I would never play yeah. all I need is in, all I need is the trophy for insanity mode for all the Mass Effect games and for the Dragon Age games, that would never happen because they're naturally sure. they're naturally hard on their own. It doesn't matter yeah, what mode yeah. you're playing on; they are naturally hard. So playing that's why it's called insanity. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but Mass Effect two and three sticks out for the true horror parts. Here's why: when you get to the collector base in Mass Effect two, you see. All, and then back in, uh, well, I'll we'll start with two first. When you get to the collector base, you see all those human corpses. And then you realize what they're doing to these human corpses. And you see, even though this is PS3, Xbox 360 era, but it's still the, the rendered the decaying corpses. And this is a mass, yeah. this is supposed to be a space epic. But they're showing these decaying corpses. And they get to one of the um, col- um, colony members. Who they're trying to save, and she's literally <clears throat> melting in front of Shepard and his party. What members. the fuck? You what? Go, yeah, like literally melting, yeah. and she's screaming. Shepard and them are trying to get her out, and they. It's can't. pretty hardcore. It is like <laughs> you, you're literally like, oh fuck! And then the ship's computer, voiced by Trisha Helfer, is literally telling you you need to get out because they they cause the trap, they get you in mm. there. So you're literally running, and all these aliens, these collectors, are now shooting at you, and you need to get the fuck out. And then, all right, all right, all right. Then, I'm uh, waiting. I'm waiting for a remaster or something so I can play it in the PS5 because I I'm gonna get I already well it's not mine but I will borrow a PS5 and I just wanna because I know that game is both amazing yes. and looks great for the time that it came out. Yes. But oh my gosh, seeing that in like remade, like HD, 4K TV, like that, I, I would love to play that game that way. We've been talking about uh, Mass Effect Remastered yeah. on here for like the last six months. Yeah, <laughs> easily. Like you, you, you already like immediately hit like a like a wish list chord for him. And <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> here's the thing though: um, different outlets here in the U.S., in London, and in Russia have listed the remaster for the PS4, Xbox One only, not the PS5 or Xbox Series oh. X. Um, mm. Because it's meant for, it was supposed to come out, apparently it was supposed to be out a long time ago. Here's the thing, EA's not saying uh-huh. anything about it, but it's a it's one of the worst kept secrets from Bioware and EA where we all know what's happening, but you're not fucking saying anything. Yeah. If you're not going to do it, mm, tell, probably, pe- tell yeah. people it's not happening. These are all rumors. If it's going to happen, fucking say it. Tell it it's going to come out in 2021 where it can be on the PS5 and um, the Series X and on um, these current-gen consoles so people can shut the hell up like myself. But You know what? I think it's a tactic, though. Yeah. Like, if they don't say anything and people are just waiting and waiting and waiting, it's just going to build up. Yeah. And when it... EA needs the money, they will release they it. The they did not need the money. <laughs> no. <laughs> they don't need the money. Uh, they're, doing, they're doing very well. They already have all those transactions. That, yeah. Woo! 
Ooh, I don't even want to go there with EA. But EA, if you're looking for an actor. You could be the next Star Wars Fallen Order game. Oh, shit. Dude, Fallen Order was pretty bomb. Not going to lie. It was so goddamn good. I'll say this. The only way I can get back into Star Wars, if you're in it, Letty. Damn, you hear that, EA? You got to do it now. Lucasfilm, get Letty Carrasso in anything, and I'll come back and I will talk about stores. Dude, uh, mm, thanks for that. That would be whoa. Like I don't even whoa. My mind is being blown right now. I'm thinking about it. I'm like whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Cause yeah. I'm serious. Just, let's, the, hell, let's put you in the Mass Effect TV series. I'm writing. I'm trying to put. Who do you want to play? You want you, you want to be? I was gonna have Mel Shepard. We'll do Finn Shepard instead. I'll, you know what? Just just yeah. My gosh. Yeah. Or we could whatever <laughs> you can be Joker. You know what? Fuck it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'll do it. I know people are gonna bitch. Joker's a dude. Joker could be now. I don't give a shit. Mm. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and I don't think Seth Green will care. Yep, 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 yep. Anyway, continuing um, with horror games. So Mass uh, Effect had a has a horror aspect to it that I didn't know existed. Yep. Yeah. And so wow. Um, at the end of uh, Mass Effect, uh, well, and then going towards the end of Mass Effect Two, the true horror is no you don't see the corpses anymore. Um, but it's now geared towards keeping your teammates alive. Any one of the people you collect through Mass Effect Two, including yourself as Shepard, y'all could die. Yeah. <laughs> everyone could die. Everyone could I die. I know there's I think there's different endings, right? Like this is a yeah. game that you like your choices matter. Yeah. Right? Very much. So um, I'm guessing this part is really intense. Yes. Um, um ten years ago. I my last post update on my IGN, I got Morton Solis and Kasumi Goto killed in Mass Effect two. And Mass Effect two, two and three respectively. Um the thing is it was my own hubris. I was doing a speed run to see if I can do it without needing a strategy guide. Uh-huh. I was doing good up until the final level of Mass Effect 2. Before the fall. Um, this is this is not a spoiler. This is um me telling you telling you, um, Letty, when you play it. Garrus, for majority of the fight, when you get towards the end, you don't don't include anyone. You wanna um um, his name. You want to lose? <laughs> no. Um, what's the fucking uh? Krog. This is a Krogan voiced by Steve Bloom. Oh, crap. okay. Um, yeah. Uh, damn it. What? Damn it. I not, think I know who you're talking about. God, what's his name? The other one. Is it that alien dude? That alien <laughs> character. Indeed. It's that alien character in yeah. Mass Effect. Is <laughs> like this purple dude no. thing? I. I yeah. But, I don't uh, know. Then it's like one of the frog-looking things. Yeah, but um, Steve Bloom voices a character um, whose name I can't believe I forgot his name, but he's a Krogan. When you get to the part where, oh, okay. when you get to the part where they need escort back to the ship, you want to use Steve Bloom's character. Okay. There's a character named okay. Harris. You need to make him team leader in everything, and you're the second in command. Until you get to the final fight, then you can bring in Garrus to fight with you in the final fight. 
But the reason why I said I fucked up and got Morton killed, instead of making Garrus the second team leader, I made Morton the team leader, and he got shot in the chest and died. Oh my god. So, we never brought his corpus back to the ship. He died on the collector base. And got the blown up. And rest in pieces. Think, uh, think Harrison Ford in The Force Awakens. <laughs> Stabbed in the chest. And oh no! Why? <laughs> and if y'all haven't seen that movie, Damn. I don't give a fuck about Star Wars. It's been long enough, dude. Stop, it's Desmond, don't. I'm he does this every episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> every yeah, you're right. That, I have heard it already. Shit that has pisses me off. All right, sorry, sorry. All right, going back to Mass <laughs> Effect. Um, now Kasumi, this ties back to a horror part. There was a specific mission where you talk to her, and you convince her to come work for you. I missed her completely. When the collectors invaded the space station, she was one of the people that died. On the space station. Oh, wow. So, in the end of the game, when you go back to the space station, you just, then it goes, it's a call back to Mass Effect 2. All the way up, going towards one of the final fights, you see nothing but literally corpses of different aliens. And the whole room is red, bright red. And you see all these little creatures um, moving corpses around to get ready to be um, melted for sustenance for this for this being in a way and it's like holy fuck we're bringing this horror shit back and it has this creepy techno um horror sound to that you don't hear ever hear t- like if it's a, it's a horror movie or a horror game it has it has that synth that the new way synth um tech uh, i say the close we get to it is like aliens that will have it or prometheus hmm. oh okay but, i think i know which but in Mass Effect 3, that's one of the things that always stood out to me. Like, Bioware can technically... They can legit do a horror game if they if they really focus on it. It'll be like Bethesda doing The Evil Within. Okay. They could. They could. Uh, but I, I, <laughs> there are already uh, some horror games that are... You know, you can kind of choose your own way to go about it, such as The Walking Dead from Telltales. Yeah. That game started amazingly and I think that opened up uh the idea of a different way to of storytelling in video games that just blew everybody's minds away. Yeah, the only it thing was that much I more of a visual novel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they did their own thing just in the same world and I loved it. My only thing about it though, and I think every single person that has played this game from the beginning agrees with is that they let you choose all these things throughout these four seasons of this game for the ending to be the same no matter what you pick. Yeah. What's the ending? I don't mind being spoiled on this one. Alright, spoiler alert for those listening. Um, Clementine pretty much... uh, Right before the last, last scene, it's like, is she going to die? Is she dead? Or did she make it? Because uh, Clementine, uh, she helped raise this child. And the decisions that she has does, she has done, I mean, have affected him and his decision making. So she gets bitten 
and he has to think whether to kill her or not kill her. And some stuff goes down to where either he shoots or not. And whatever it is that he does doesn't matter because at the end she lives. What he did, what the kid did, is he just like cut her arm off where she was bitten and she made it. And they kind of lived happily ever after, in in a way, in a zombie universe, whatever. Oh, but no matter no matter what else you pick, like you could be the most toxic person towards this child, and he would still pick to save your life. So it's like Clementine survives no matter what, even though there were hints that she was going to die just the same way that Lee died, which was a person who was her protector at the beginning of season one, who also right. got bitten. That and I'm, everybody was disappointed with that. We couldn't we couldn't choose to kill her or do something else. No matter what you chose in those four seasons, who you saved, who you kill, it's the same fucking ending. Yeah, so it like robbed you of that satisfaction of like the ultimate like you played this game to see the way it ended based on your choices and no matter what you did, it it ends the same way. So it was basically like yeah. undercutting every choice. It took you on a roller coaster of of storytelling, but you didn't end up where you thought you'd end up. It, everybody ends up in the same the same way. Clementine lives, but she just has her arm cut off. That's trash. That's it. <laughs> that's trash. That's why. I, yeah. I, I, that's and, why and, yeah. I'm not a big. That's why after Batman. Season one and two, I was never. Uh, I stopped being a fan of Telltale Games. I I literally did because I'm like I get. Um, everyone has their own interpretation of different characters. Like the Wolf Among Us has its own mm-hmm. little interpretation. The Walking Dead and Batman, and I, I even saw something that um I don't like using bringing up his name, but Max Landis, like continued on his story of American Alien, and he talked about how Batman is more of a villain than an actual hero. And in here, I'm like. I'm trying to like being being an artist. I'm trying to give like the the just due to people bringing in their art, their flavor to known property. But then when you actually get to it, and you hear minus Bob Kane, um, like actual writers, and he's like, what they expect people to get out of these heroes like Batman, like they know Batman is a rich white person who's in a costume. He's literally just trying to help um, people don't go through what he went through, and he and people always gloss over. Um, but he creates these foundations where, yeah, Batman is doing this, but as Bruce Wayne, he is trying to help reform criminals. Like most of the people that works for Wayne Enterprises are former criminals who got reformed by Batman. I mean, by Bruce. And he helps pardon people and put them in halfway homes, help feed their families. Like the part of Batman that people don't, they, they like they gloss over. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Telltale games is part of that, like the conflict between Batman and Alfred. If it was like Batman um, starting out, I can see the conflict. But when you have, and they established it, he's been Batman for a minute, and Alfred is now having these conflicts with it. Like, really? But making Bruce's parents villains, that alike. Like, they could have made season two, Bruce Wayne is still trying to atone for his parents' sins. That would have been good. 
but doing what they did, I was just like, no, no, no. You just try. You just regurgitating what you did for season one, but like just driving home a little bit more and then hearing about um, Walking Dead, the end of the Walking Dead season four. Yeah, I'm kind of glad I jump shipped. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really look, look for the first three ze- seasons. Play it because the ending, the endings ah. are different for the first three seasons. But just this ending, you, I don't know if you guys remember, but season four was canceled. Like, they yeah. weren't going to finish it because yeah. Telltale didn't have the money anymore. Remember? All those people got fired yeah. and Telltale kind of just closed and people yep. were so upset that they weren't going to get season four. And then the um, the writer and creator of The Walking Dead actually paid for them to finish season four. How rich is Robert Kirkman? Like, seriously, how rich is this guy? Millions. Millions. To put in a bunch of different projects, apparently. I know because he's working with Seth Rogen on Invincible. He's um he had a show on Cinemax. Like he's he's getting he's out there. He he seems like a cool dude. He really is. So I don't know, (laughs) but all I know is that he wanted that project finished because he knew that like thousands of upon thousands of people wanted to see what happened to Clementine. And I don't know if it was his take or it was already set in stone of what was going to happen to Clementine, but the fact that it was just, it all led to one thing that we couldn't, we couldn't change or choose. Um, I think that's what just upset people. And that's the true horror of the Walking Dead Telltale Games. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think if Robert Kirkman was behind the narrative of season four, Clementine would be dead. <laughs> you know, everybody would be dead. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> this is Robert Kirkman. He'd be like, you know what? Um, let's kill this Just person. Kill let's kill this person. Let's kill him. <laughs> like, I killed... Uh, spo- mm, I'm not... On this one, I would not spoil the the last comic, uh, the last issue of The Walking Dead. I won't. Yeah, don't do it. Please don't do it because I, I have not, not now. watched. Not now. We still like people listening to this podcast. Yeah, I, I, will not, <laughs> I, will, I will not. I know what happens, but I will not say. All right. Um, so what about you, Chris? I mean, we kind of mentioned two games. Do you have a, a horror game that you'd like to talk about? Like, I, I remember, like, man, I didn't play too many horror games, but of the ones that I that I have... I, I know for a fact that I've liked um, a lot of, like, the alien alien type games. You know, the, the franchise alien. I think we know Just because of, like, how legitimately, like, anxiety-fueled it makes me when, you, when you're, like, running around with that heart monitor just, like, at any moment, something coming up to you. I think I know we're talking, like we're talking about. Like, the new alien game? Is that yeah, it? Like, the, the newest about... one? Oh, that one was I frightening. About, that I one. I Space. <laughs> Oh, yo, that space is fucking great too, though. But Alien, Alien, it just, yeah, like they really outdid themselves because it's you know both a franchise, like movie franchise, mm-hmm. and the game. Like, what is it? Yeah. Al- what is it? A- Ascension? Uh, Alien? Absolution, um, I think. Abs- yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Like you guys were talking more about like narratively scary stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But when I when I think of like, things that are, <laughs> no, I mean in a way. But when I think of video games that are uh, that are like genuinely scary to me, it's always the ones that make me scared to continue playing. <laughs> like, yeah. me, like anxiety field like that, and uh, I remember PT 
was one of like the better ones before they just took that yeah. off the PlayStation Store. But you know, stuff yeah. stuff like that has always gotten me. Um, in a in a way, it has horror elements, but it is a lot more psychological. I think a game that I've been appreciating a lot recently that that I would consider that would be. Um, oh God, why am I forgetting the name? Um, Senua's. Um, oh my God, Senua's Sacrifice. Uh, the it's a it's a game that's based off of like Nordic mythology. Hellblade. Hellblade. Thank you. Hellblade Senua. Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But um but in that game, like there's a lot of like horror elements because of like the demented kind of like images that emanate from what is a representation of like uh like a sick mind, right? So, so you that, like the psychology behind it. Yeah, the psychology behind it is is the thing that gets me because that that specific game, it doesn't really scare me a lot, but I do get a lot of like horror vibes from it because of like the 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 way that they try to present these like very real kind of um, like psychosomatic illnesses, but mm-hmm. representing it in a video game format. Yeah, I totally get you. And That's, beyond that, like yeah. the score is just amazing. <laughs> oh yeah, I haven't I haven't played it. I haven't tried it like at all because I don't know. I don't think any of my close friends have played it. So. But it's, I mean, honestly, one I would recommend is it, I think it was also actually made um, consulting like certain um, like practicing psychologists, so that right, way they right. could make sure that they that they represent certain things correctly, or at mm-hmm. least as accurately as they could, to like basically give like the 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 player like a sense of what it can be like to experience symptoms like that in a weird way. Ooh, it's a it's an like interesting it- game. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I have seen some indie games that I can't remember the names of, but I know they are out there. Uh, there was one where a person, uh, he made this game based on uh, schizophrenia. And so your character, he, he has that. And yeah. and you as the player, you, you know, it freaks you out because you're like, oh, is this thing going to hurt me? Or is this thing something that my character is seeing? Yeah, like, yeah. See, that's a that's yeah. that's something that they tried to do in that game too, like in a certain way, because they mm-hmm. also recommend you play it with headphones, and they do this very interesting thing, where the the sounds that you'll be hearing on the screen, like coming from your TV, will be different than what you're hearing in your headphones. Oh, and they're like, that's if you're awesome. Wearing your headphones, I've noticed like sometimes they'll throw like extra voices that sound like they're in the back of your mind because of the, like the surround sound and stuff. But nothing's coming from the TV. But nothing from the TV. It and it, it nice. does do with you in certain ways like that. Like it's it makes you question like is it something that my character is seeing or something that like I'm experiencing through the game weirdly. I think Despace Very cool. I think Despace did the same thing. Cuz I remember my brother was telling me put on head put on your headset. This is around the time where the PS3 you need to hook it into the console, not the controller. Um like I was listening to it, the sounds were like you hear everything within the ship. Like you hear mm. just like all the faints, you hear like different creatures and you see like like you hear it and it's like holy shit, you really submerged in this fucking world. Like so I can I can get why I think I think some people who worked on Deathways went on probably worked on Hellblade. Oh wow. Cause that yeah, game like, the game I, I didn't realize how different it is when you play video games with like headphones on listening to the entire thing. 
Yeah. Like just in general. That sounds like that probably sounds like, oh, of course it's so obvious. But no, like I've always played video games like on my TV speakers. And it wasn't actually until like Hellblade and some games like that that made me realize like it's a very different experience and it's a much more intimate one when you're playing games with headphones on. And especially like things like, you know, The Last of Us and uh, you know, we're talking a lot about, you know, horror games or more thriller type games. Those kind of like like overt ambience that you get only really happens if you're like sometimes if you're if you're like surrounding yourself in that kind of environment and music and subtle ambient like occlusions like that are so important to it okay it's very interesting to like set the mood to make you think about um you know like it it gets you in a very specific mindset yep so praise to sound designers because they they For literally real. set the mood. They set the mood in a scene. Like it might look spooky, but the music and the sound, oof, that's what I think that's what does it. That's what sells the video yeah. game, the scene, the movie, whatever. Yeah. So, so hell yeah. We're gonna move on to scary stories. So if you get to the part Ooh. of this if you get to this part of the podcast and you hear <laughs> thunder, sound, a fire roaring. We're now in the Haunted Mansion. We finally made our way from our car into a Haunted Mansion. Um, I'm, I'm sure we're going to be fine. We totally will be fine. Yeah, we've been driving this whole time, you guys. Uh, I still don't know where Desmond is taking me, but <laughs> yeah. We'll be fine. I, I can't see anything. I'm in the back in the trunk. <laughs> yeah, he's been talking from the trunk. I don't even know how we can hear him, but we can hear him. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. So we put a call out there, and one of our good friends, um, who who would like not to be named, um, we said, okay. if you have a scary story, a scary mystery, or something that's true to life that is deeply creepy, let us know. Um, so while I say they're short, um, our well, me and Christian's mutual friend, short a little um, little short paragraph. I want you two to think about mysteries, scary stories, or something that was creepy, that's of the unexplained, or that you wish you really had the Ghostbusters PK meter, so you can investigate <laughs> it. <laughs> so while y'all think about that, okay. we're gonna, I'm going to talk this little bit of the story. Um, she says, a few years ago, I awoke, um, awoke, I woke up at 3 a.m. and walked into my mom's room. She don't know why. She says she sees her niece laying beside her, um, her, her mother, and she noticed a shadowy figure standing over her niece beside the bed. She was at disbelief, assuming that it was a shadow casted by the light source from her mother's room. She looked around, still standing in the same place, and saw no light source whatsoever. The only light source that was um that there was was the moonlight. She ended up muttering, "I'm not going to investigate." Then headed back in with the bed. <laughs> um. Now, um, I'm gonna go. For, I'm gonna go first. This. Uh, oh, wait, wait, can I can I make a quick comment? Go ahead. Okay, is it just me, or does the strangest, scariest, uh, paranormal, unexplainable things happen to kids, or while we were kids? Yes. Right. Right. As an adult, I'm like, where are you? I swear, I saw something when I was little. Where are you now? <laughs> and like this, this shit, like. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, kids, do kids attract this energy, or, or like, but yeah, because I, I believe it. I believe she saw something looking down at her knees. I believe it, because children are just, 
I don't know. Maybe they're little portals. I don't know. All I know <laughs> is that children equals spooky. <laughs> Paranormal. Come yeah. play with us, Denny. Oh my god, stop, no. <laughs> um, I'm, no. I'm literally afraid of kids, and yet I tutor kids. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want kids. Um, <laughs> there's a, a twofold to this. Um, we're going to go to two of mine. The first one is uh-huh. San Pedro, California, back in the early 2000s. A, um, a Latin mother and her two kids recently moved into this um, home in San Pedro. Here in California, um, the mother was getting the brunt of these shadow forces, and they was actually physically harming her. Because nobody didn't believe her, she had a friend spent the night, and she saw the shadow standing over her friend. When the, when the mother woke up the next day, she saw a handprint on her arm, and her friend was like, "You need to get out," because now it's going after the children. She moved 30, um, at least 20, 30 minutes away from the home that she was in to her trailer park. And it followed her there. Whoa. Um, yeah. Into that story, they finally, they, she had to go back and they had to exercise it. And she found out that the person who was the entity of that place, that shadow person, was an abusive husband who just happened to die in that house. Mm. So, <laughs> like, holy fucking shit! So this always ties to realism, and that that got me going. Like, what? Like, like I need to research this. And consorting to the demonology, um, co- um, cortex or the spirit guide. If you're a Ghostbuster fan, you're you're you are you know the Tobin spirit guide. It is <laughs> it is called Shadow People. Shadow people are supernatural, shadow-like, humanoid figures that, according to believers, are seen flickering on walls and ceilings in the viewer's peripheral vision. They are often reported moving with quick, jerky movements and quickly disintegrate into the walls or mirrors. They are believed to be um, evil and aggressive in nature, although a few people consider them to be a form of um, angel, um, guardian angels. But... <laughs> But in 2010, the apparitions were described as one of the most regarded, um, regularly reported paranormal phenomena in the U.S. This is um, attributed to the occasional reports on the Coast to Coast AM show, where paranormal researcher um, Heidi Hollis has been interviewed several times on the subject of shadow people. Hollis believed that the shadow people have always existed, that they feed upon the emotions of fear, and that they can be repelled by thinking positively. Others believe that the shadow people may be extra-dimensional inhabitants of another universe. But, the Cherokee um, Indian mythology refers to them as the Islamic Jinn. So, I feel the Ghostbuster half of me feels these are the Jinn. Um, they're Islamic in nature, but the Native American Cherokee, um, call them Raven Rockers, which is a witch. Mockers, not rockers. Uh, by apologies right. for saying rockers. <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> um, and there's different categories to each of these. Um, category yeah, yeah. one, um, now 
it's tied to us uh, um in terms of the scientific side of it um the category one of, of a person seeing this is tied to drug use seizures and other mental health issues category two um for more falls more into the line of ghost spirit um this is non-human shaped shadows people in one place inspect shadows animal people and shadow women um, category three falls into the ghost and spirit category. Um, and there's technically two versions of the shadow man. One without a hat, one with the hat. The fucking hat. Are you serious? You're teaching me stuff. Cause I was going <laughs> to, I was going to talk about a story of uh, this, the shadow that I thought was like an old dude that was f- anyway, he had a hat. What s- does the hat mean then? If there's some with and then some without, what does it mean? With the hat or without the hat? With the hat, <sighs> I gotta know now. Without the hat tends to be more uh, more normal. It's just the entity, a, a spirit entity that's there. Okay. With the hat, on the other hand, is more ominous and more negative ha- from hauntings locations. God damn it! So, I would say it's more. <laughs> It's like, oh my god, wait, what's the difference? There's a guy. Oh no, that that's just a guy. Wait, there's a guy. That's just a guy with a hat. <laughs> um in Australia, um a kid said one night he was sleeping. And this ties back to He it. was sleeping. Wow. But he had the presence to be like something was watching him. So he w- got up and he looked, but there was nothing there. But he saw a shadowy figure on his next door neighbor house which is the room of his best friend. Didn't think nothing of it. The next night, he goes to sleep, but he gets he gets up to go get a drink of water. He sees the same shadow figure, but this time it has a hat. He catches a glimpse of it. The shadow figure felt like it was being watched and turned back and went to the kid. The kid said he quickly got back down, but at this point, the shadow figure is in his room. The kid said he closed, he kept his eyes closed. And by this point, the, the gentleman's in his 30s now. He said the next morning, he they, um, the parents of the next door found their daughter passed on in their sleep. So the shadow figure with the hat is tied to death. It tends to go for people close to death or on the verge of dying. Or they I just mean, don't know it yet. Like an omen. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, like an omen. But the thing is, though, the kid saw the one with the hat. Well, he's now uh-huh. he's a grown man now. But nobody in his family has passed on uh, by this point from his story. But it still was watching him. It came into his room and was watching him. Maybe it was death. Like, Maybe it is death. And he stared death right in the eye. More like I'm kidding. <laughs> more he closed his eyes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. So, um, so I was like, "This is like learning." Like different cultures has a term for this. I was like, "Yeah, wow." And it's still tied with demonology because a jinn and a raven mocker are still tied to demons, and the shadow people mm-hmm. are, are still tied to demons. But the ultimately thing that said to combat this is positivity. 
And right. The energy, right? Uh, the energy within you. Yes. Your mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Daniel, mm-hmm. you're fucked. No. <laughs> <laughs> I should you know what? I have, I have, <laughs> out, of, out, of, out of the corner of my eye, I have seen, uh, I have seen shadows. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, talking about, like, the, the shadows at the corner of your eyes, I read that it's our instinct yeah. Like survival instinct to yeah. kind of sense and see everything around us. So that that view that you that you say, like you think you saw something at the corner of your eye, mm-hmm. it probably was there, yeah. because it's in our instinct to detect things are right, like anywhere where our eye can look anywhere. You, even though we're looking straight, if there's something beside us, we if you. If you actually pay attention, you can actually see. You can see um, the wall or whatever, even if you keep staring like straight, straight ahead. Whatever it is next to you, you can kind, you can see it. So, yeah, like even though you might not be completely paying attention, you do see it. So, if you say that there was something next to you and you 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 swear you saw it, even if it wasn't like straight on. You probably did. Like that's a that's a, a thing that I was reading because it's instinct. It's it's a survival instinct of humans. It's like oh, and on and on children, things. on children, it's supposed to be even um, even better, even stronger, because that way it's easier for them to sense danger and stuff like that. To survive, <laughs> pretty like, much. Like um, two weeks ago, um, everyone was asleep. I was up till three in the morning. Um, we have a, a light over the sink, but it still shines ah. out to the highway. I'm um, the highway. Um, hallway. <laughs> All the way to the highway. <laughs> uh, From the bathroom the sink. Wow. That must be really bright. Yeah. But um, the light was like normal. I can hear people. The floor is in this house. You can hear anybody walking. But. The light was obstructed, and I'm like, I turned and looked, and I was like, but as soon as I turned, the light came back. But it's still, oh, fuck no. it was still like, it was still like in the shape of like, I, I shit you not, it was like in the shape of a person, and then the light um, came back. So like, it was like literally someone was like peeking into my door. We're like, I can still see remnants of the light, no matter how far back I'm in my room, I can still see remnants of the kitchen light. And the, but it's still like someone was like peeking in until I turn and you see yeah. people walk off and I'm like, hmm. Fuck nah, dude. Do I investigate it? Yes, I do. It's my house. <laughs> like, it's my. <laughs> you well, tell the ghost to get out. He's not paying the bills. I know. I'm like, I do have I do have a proton pack. Like, let's go. <laughs> I will. I don't. You, I, I don't have a ghost. Well, no, I have a ghost trap. I'm not gonna say I don't have. A you ghost. know. It's like your your story right now reminded me of. Um, have you guys seen the movie Parasite? You know, and how okay spoilers for if you haven't. Um, there's a there's this person that's living on the walls, right of the house. Wait, on the walls? Like the not boon? on him, but like in. You the, know the Boon oh, the yeah. Joe movie, the one you want to Oscar for. Yeah. That anyway, okay. So, so in real life, there have been uh, uh, this is real, like real people that have found 
people living in their house in the walls like old houses you know there's like a secret room two or whatever Mm -hmm. this is real and and uh i i don't know your like where you live or what your house looks like but just know that there could be people living in your walls and you don't, you might not even know. Maybe they come out when they know that you went out to work, or hey, I swear I left the I swear I left the plate of food here. Why is it gone? Maybe they grabbed it, or you know who knows. I've but all I know conversation with my cousin before because he thought that there was like somebody living in his attic. <laughs> oh my god! See that's you. See- and the thing is, you you never know. Right? Think if like- you have like an attic, maybe. If somebody, like, got in, maybe, and they're just really good at hiding from you. Or you swear you heard footsteps, but you're like, nah, there was nobody, there's nobody else at home. There might be somebody living in your house. Who knows? Spiritually, yes. I know physically. <laughs> they, could, they could just totally come through my house when I'm at work, and they know exactly when I'm at work, and just, like, use all the facilities. It, you could be. I could for, be. I say for, uh, for other people's house, my house is too... Um, majority of the houses here in Compton were pre World War Two, so which means majority of Compton was all Japanese and Asian. Um, like my mm. gra- my grandmother's home is super is like her kitchen is super small, and most majority of the um, the only big room in her house is her master bedroom, and the other two rooms are smaller because a Japanese family had the house and they was able to get it back after them being put in internment camps, they was able to get it back, but she, uh, the person sold it to my grandmother. So that's how she mm. was able to get her own house. Um, same goes for my house, um, but it was a Latin family who had this house because majority of the houses have either fruit trees or vegetables in the back of the house. <laughs> and it's always... That's true. No, yeah, you're totally right. I got a lot of <laughs> Um So it was a Latin... F- and most of there's farmhouses in Compton as well. So it was mainly, it was some white, but there was a lot of Latin and Asian families in Compton in the, around the fifties and sixties before um, we get into the seventies where there's a lot more black families coming in. Sure. Um, sure. So I know the walls are thin as fuck in this house. Like (laughs) literally you don't want to hear other people going to the bathroom. (laughs) You literally be like, yeah. you literally come out. I- I'm sorry for everything you just heard, dude. It's fine. Something just went through you, and it didn't agree with you. <laughs> but everybody in the house heard it. <laughs> yeah, like you're good. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree. I I definitely know stories of hearing like people living inside the walls, and then or that shit is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are my tales. What are y'all's? <laughs> Go for it, Chris. Tell us tell us a tale. Well, I know, like, <laughs> when we were talking about, like, what we were going to talk about, mm. the f- for some reason, like, the first story that I can always think of, it's, like, it- it's a personal one that happened to me. You know what I mean? It's one of, like, the creepiest things I can think of in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I actually believe in, like, spirits or anything like that, but I do believe in energy, mm-hmm. like, as yeah. a, like, as a metaphysical thing. But... Yeah. I remember I remember there was once that I stayed the night at my cousin's house, right? And I think if if I had to remember ages, I must have been something like 15 and my cousin's just a little bit older. 
and uh, we were in there. We were in their room, and you know, we're we're hanging out, doing whatever. And it starts to get really late. Their parents go to sleep, and we can hear their parents snoring in the other room. And then there was a there was a point where like we had the the door closed, and my cousin's room was directly adjacent to the dining room, right? And the and like the dining room kitchen. And we could the the house was old, so you could hear people walking like footsteps and stuff, right? Like when, whenever anybody's walking around the house, you can hear it like very clearly and very specifically. And um, we were watching movies or whatever the hell we were staying up for. And at one point we heard like footsteps coming out of like um, coming out of their parents' room and, uh, and they walk and we could hear it like walking through the um, walking through the kitchen and then, making its way like towards the door of the of the room that we're in and at a certain point like we we stopped because we didn't want to get caught we didn't want to you know like oh what are you guys doing up whatever right so we we got quiet and it's like you could feel it, it, you you heard the footsteps walk up to the door right and then you could feel like the presence of a person on the door and we heard knocking and we're like oh crap like hopefully Hopefully they don't think we're awake, whatever, right? And when we look at the bottom of the door, we don't notice, like, any shadow of, like, where we would expect, you know, the, the feet print to be. And we're like, huh, that's weird. And as soon as we notice that, another couple of knocks on the door. I'm like, what? And at this point, my cousin was just like, okay, fine. And she got up, she walked to the door and opened it and nothing. There was nobody there. And it was like between the knock and when she opened it, it must have been maybe like five seconds. It wasn't a lot. And we're, when we opened the door, we're like, okay, what just happened? And when we walked over to the other side to find, to look at her parents, her parents were still dead asleep and still complete and snoring on top of that. It's like they didn't have enough time to walk over there and for us to throw open the door for them to walk back to their room within that amount of time, let alone be there snoring. Was there any other um, people besides her parents and you? Nope. No one. Just y'all four. And, and then on top of that, the next day, um, my cousins and I, like, they had been living in that house easily for months now. And we walk into my cousin's room, and I shit you not, there is, like, a very faded pentagram just that Shut like the fuck up. Shut that, the like, fuck up. Appeared, like like you could see it as if it was like underneath the paint. But it definitely was not there the day before. And like until they moved out of that house, that thing was still there. Uh, it's like the the craziest that's... thing like we've ever like experienced together that felt like like what the hell was that? Like it felt like a full human presence knocking on the door. We thought it was their parents. Holy shit! Yeah, it was, was like somebody trying people. to maybe do brujeria on you, and you know, maybe who knows, man? Who who like knows? left that in your house? Like, oh my gosh! Yeah, but that was that was like easily one of the creepiest things I've ever experienced. Damn. Goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> somebody. Yeah, that, that's spooky. Somebody, that was like, somebody yeah. must have practice um, um, with the fucking pentagram. Like I forget the term, a seance. They must have, and if it's on the wall, yeah, it's like, if it was that's the, the only wall, thing we could think of. Like, did somebody like 
practice satanic shit in this house before they moved in like you know yeah. <laughs> if this on a wall is very did they have carpet did your cousin has carpet yeah i would have checked under that carpet like 100 percent of the time like um i do believe most of these um these um these traveling traveling horror ghost hunter shows are fake except for one house um buzzfeed um did one she, the person was like no, this house is the reason why they have carpet. They literally took up the floors because the pentagram was burned into the floor. Into the floor. <laughs> so if they, if they have car, if your cousin has carpet, that means they must have probably had in this fading. It was fading. Um, the pentagram is is actually showing on the wall. That could have been a hot spot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I said, I don't really believe in in like spiritism stuff like that. But if any, if anything, like you can't destroy energy. That's a scientific fact. Mm-hmm. It only transfers. Yeah. And yeah. N- like negative energy is definitely different mm-hmm. than positive for sure. Like that's got to go somewhere. That's all I gotta say. Because <laughs> yeah. we um, going back to our history. It's it's literally within history books. Paganism. Um, it doesn't matter if it's Vikings, um, African history. Um, it's all ties back to paganism, and then that's why most of these these emblems and these spirit emblems and all these like reconjuring the dead or looking for the devil or some form of the devil. It's why all these things are here because people are bringing it from and it's literally in the history books, people. This has been practiced for fucking centuries. And Forever. People, and people just don't realize, like, you are, like... I may not be religious, but I like I do believe you are bringing negative forces into your life. You literally... With the Ouija board... You, you know, try to get... fuck with that. If Yeah, if you try to fuck with that, you're gonna get fucked. Yeah. Either with energy, like, bad energy the rest of your life, or suddenly you're gonna be in a good place in life and then boom like something really bad dramatic happens and it's like you have that in you because you fucked with the wrong energy yep um this is story it's called bedtime stories i'm probably butchering the story but the cliff notes a young man um from mexico um he did not want to do nothing to do with this um seance his friends were doing Whatever they did, the spirit latched himself onto the young man who had wanted nothing to do with it. Mm. And he kept on waking up 30 miles from home, feet bloody from all the walking. Um, animals, what the fuck? Um, him waking up, animals are dead around him. And he's freaking the fuck out. And the, but it gets worse to the point where um, he's now speaking in tongues and he's back to himself. Or he's killing him, or he's saying, I'm going to kill the whole family. And he's back to himself. And it's literally, and the priest um, said, whatever his friends did, it didn't go to them, which I guess they, what they wanted. It went to someone who didn't, who was literally pure, who had nothing to do with it. He just did not leave. He was close by. Yeah. He was just like, he was just close by. Like, he had nothing to do with it. And it went for the person who didn't, like, it, literally, these spirits are going for the people who want nothing to do with this. It's not going for the person who intentionally wants this. Look at the Amityville Horror. That family did not want any of that shit. That happened <laughs> to them. And then what happens? It possesses the father and almost killed everybody. Dude, the thing about the thing about spirits, it's yeah, I think 
it might have attached to that fella because he was scared. Being afraid of that energy makes you a target. You know what I'm saying? Like, it makes you a target. Like, when they say, uh, don't be scared, don't be afraid of this because you're going to feed it that energy. I believe it. I believe that uh, if you're scared, uh, if you're lost, if, if you keep that energy in you, then you're going to continue being lost. Or something else that sees that you are weak will attach to you, whether it be good or bad. And I guess for that guy, it was a bad spirit that just, that literally messed him up mentally, yeah. physically, uh, everything around him. Um, yeah. I mean... There's a court case surrounding... Guard that dude in ways nothing could have. There's a legit court case in his, in U.S. history where this person woke up in a jail cell and they said, you killed these people. He's like, I did not do it. I don't know what the hell's going on. Like, mm-hmm. they, they legit... Um, this, I have to, I'll find it after the show. Um, a court case on this. And he was acquitted, but the thing is, though, he's psychologically, he's messed up forever because all this has happened and he has no recollection of ever doing it. He, to this day, he, uh, I think he's already passed on. He kept up with it, um, saying he kept up with it. He f- legitimately feels like he has not done this. Normally people was like, oh yeah, I did this. Like, no, this person is like, till his dying breath is like, I did not do this. I would not do this. So it, um, and it, once again, tied to people fucking with pentagrams. Quit it. <laughs> Could be. Or the thing is, also, there's, you know, mental illnesses yeah. that sometimes you will black out. And next thing you know, you you broke a table and it's like, what? I don't remember doing that. Like, it's just, you know, something of the mind. But the mind is also connected to energy. Mm. Everything is just connected. So it's like, who knows? It could have been a, a spirit that messed with him really bad that literally fucked up his life yeah. or he could have had something mentally too like that's true if they didn't analyze him if they didn't you know try to figure it out and they were just blaming him for it and he was so certain that he didn't do it and make me i mean i don't know there's just so many things so many factors you know like it's been a while since i've talked about spirits i'm like <laughs> Let's not talk too much about spirits because I'm freaking out a little, right? Yeah, There's yeah, mental health, right? <laughs> no, uh, but before we yeah, don't don't mess with pentagons. So don't do it. Do you have a story yourself, lady? Before we go to our last portion. All right, this is a real story. Okay. Uh, this is like my most recent encounter with uh, I don't know supernatural. I guess. Okay. So, so I, <clears throat> I studied up at NAU, Flagstaff, and I didn't want to live in the dorms. Uh, I ended up living in this uh, individual's house. Like I rented a room, and it, it like it was cool. There was another uh, person, another student living there, but in a different different room. Uh, when I went to see the house, I saw the room, nothing looked out of the ordinary. It was daytime, I saw the bed, I saw the room, it was, it was just a, a room. And I'm like, this is nice. Um, you know, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay here, and it was fine. 
for like the first couple of months. But since the first day I was there, uh, it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel right. I'm like, maybe it's because I moved to a new place. And so, you know, I'm getting different, a different energy, a different vibe from this place. But I just felt like I didn't belong there. Like, there was always something in me saying, go back home. Get out of here. Go back mm-hmm. home. And and uh, the thing about intuition is, you know, people say, follow it. Always follow it, you know? Anyway, one night, I think this was a few nights before I had, like, a house party. Um, I walked into the closet. I wasn't, like, feeling fantastic. Like, I had a really bad headache, whatnot. So I went into the closet, really small closet. I I turned off the light so I could just be in complete darkness because sometimes you need that when you have really bad headaches. You know, even the light, like, makes your headache worse. Yeah. So I was just chilling there. And I was like, all right, got to relax, blah, blah, blah. School is stressful, whatever. I opened my eyes. And on the door is, like, a glowing pentagram. And I I froze. What? I thought I was was dreaming. And I turned on the light. Like, right when I come back from, like, being frozen in that, like, that second from seeing it, I turn on the light. And there it is. I couldn't see it with the light on, but... It, it, like, when I touched it, it felt like candle wax. Uh, and I'm like, no way. Again, I'm not the first student to have stayed there. The The guy who owns the house, he rents those rooms out to students every year. And so I'm just like, I should not be touching this shit. <laughs> but I'm just never going to come in this closet again. I'm always going to keep this door closed. So what happens is that after I see that, I'm I have my computer uh, right in front of that door, and I have the camera, and I even have a picture. I have a picture. Uh, so my friend is like, "Hey, you should take a picture so we can see your room, whatever." And so I'm like, I take the picture. I'm like, "Cheese, whatever." And behind me, I see that the this was like later. Like, later, um, the door is open. I never, I never leave the closet door open. But for that picture, when I took it, for some reason, it it was open. Huh. And I, I, I don't like to look at that picture. Because I'm afraid that if I look at it, I'm going to see something that I don't want to see. But I, I, it, it's, it's open. Like, I think I have that picture on Facebook because I replied to my friend, Oh, here I am! And then when I realized that the door was open, I was like, no thanks. <laughs> and that's, and that's, that's not even the only thing that, that was in that room. Like a year later, I was still there because I, I wanted to finish college. Yay me. But <laughs> I started to, to be able to control that fear in me, like the, the fight or flight thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, my my housemate, she got sage and like, did all this stuff to my room because she was like yo something came in my room like a couple of nights ago i don't know if you felt anything and i'm like don't fuck with me and i showed her the thing in my door and like right away she started to do like a cleanse around the house 
and I don't, I don't think she did it right because you know, again, don't mess with things you know nothing about. Or probably was too. And powerful. well, yeah. <laughs> um, so I had a, I had friends over, a sleepover. Uh, I'm not one to like gaze up at the sky or, or the ceiling, whatever. Like when I go to sleep, I just like cover myself. Like, with a blanket, like a burrito, and I just go to bed. But a sleepover, I mean, <laughs> you're going to try to sleep, and, like, somebody's going to make a fart joke or whatever, you know, people say up. And I wasn't the first one to see it. My friend Ramon can vouch for this. He's looking up at the ceiling, and he's like, Letty, Letty, those words on the ceiling? And I'm like, What? And he's like, look. And I'm looking up, and I don't quite see anything. And he's like, squint. Like, your eyes. Look! There's words in the ceiling! I'm like, somebody wrote some... I don't know. I, 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 we couldn't tell completely what they had written. But somehow they were able to reach the ceiling and write something. Like, it said... Uh, it, the words that I can't remember because I, I really can't figure out what it said completely was it was like ball of and then defend of and then it was like gibberish with don't think of leaving or something like that like it was just we couldn't make up what it was but I was like yeah we're sleeping with the lights on you guys <laughs> and so instead of doing that i mean i i i lived there so i was freaked out but they were fascinated they got the light from their phones like the flashlight and like put it up on the roofs to see if would if it would get brighter because obviously that's how you die okay here's here's the thing they did that and they kept reading it i was not listening anymore i'm like come on you guys like somebody obviously was you know, messing around in this room, thinking they were a witch or something, and they did all the stuff to the room. They had no clue about my door. After they kept messing with that, I just felt so uneasy, and I'm like, you know what? You guys should stop, because I think somebody meant to just leave this place, like, hexed, literally. And then I showed him the door, and yeah, he was freaked out. <laughs> he believes in, like, uh, brujas and, and curses and all that stuff. So he's like, okay, yeah. So never open that door again, and I will stop messing with the ceiling stuff. Toss your coin to your valley. <sighs> and <laughs> I, I can't believe I was in that house for two years. Oh, when I mentioned this to the to the dude, he's like, I don't. And he's an old man. I mentioned, oh, do you? Who was the last per person to stay here? And he was like, oh, some students, blah blah blah. And I'm like, okay, like he really didn't tell me. But I mentioned that there's this stuff on the door and this stuff on the ceiling, and he saw the thing on the door, and he's like, oh, kids, I can come off really easily. And I'm like, okay, yeah, just don't mess with it. Just don't mess with it while I'm here. And then the roof, the uh, the ceiling stuff, he couldn't see it. He said he couldn't see it. I turn off the lights. I told him to stare at the ceiling and he just couldn't see it, <laughs> which I don't believe. So I have a feeling that he knew that something or someone was doing something in that room, like messing with spirits, maybe that they shouldn't have. Mm. That he was like, no, no, 
No, there's, I don't see anything. Oh. <laughs> like, you'll be fine. That, or he's ignoring it so she don't leave it in. <sighs> anyway, after, after my first year there, I started to get really sick. Uh, my face would get swollen. Like, if I had an allergic reaction to something. I'm not allergic to anything. But it gets swollen. It would hurt. My whole body would hurt. My whole body would ache. I went to the doctor and they told me, oh, maybe it's a chronic disease. We just don't know what it is. But every time I came back home, I would feel better. But then when I would go back to, to that house, my body would just start failing on me. And the next thing you know, I nosebleeds like all the time. And anyway, after being there for two years, my my body just got really weak to where now my immune system is it's it's shit pretty much i have to be every two months i have to get an infusion of sorts so i can my immune system doesn't give up on me and i don't know if it, I, I don't know if it was because i was in that room that these people messed around with with spirits for so long or maybe it was the stress from college <laughs> you know it could be but all I know is that even just thinking about it right now I'm shaky because that uneasiness it lasted from day one I always felt like I was being watched I, I like I was never alone but I, I'm like oh I'm a tough cookie it's all good but I came out out of there with with an illness like now my immune system like it's something that i have to take care of constantly and even with like um therapy and all that stuff like i'm better my energy's better but my body feels like it was cursed and that was the last time that was the last time i ever experienced saw lived through anything paranormal well hopefully that's the last time <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm like. Hopefully, that's the last time. Uh, Some but yeah, when I was a child, I saw shit. When I was a child, I saw things here and there, but never had I been in the center of something that literally could have been hexed. Yeah, that's. I think like I should have really, but it really does sound like that was. Yeah, I I think Desmond knows a, a bit of what I'm. I, like I'm talking about my illness and stuff because yeah. I've posted like you guys uh, I'm in the hospital or something or another that's and why it's... I haven't brought it up I was like that's more personal what we talked about but now hearing more I'm like hey it, it's spooky season yes so he, I, I gotta give it to you guys like Ooh, that happened to me Ooh. <laughs> so I do believe in hexes and I believe in energy because something in that house affected me long term. Wow. And you got Yeah, me. no, I mean that's I'm sure that's enough to make anybody really like start thinking about believing. Like, <laughs> I'm shook it. I'm, I'm already a believer, but I'm a shook it. You done been shook it. I'm shook I didn't want to go too personal on me, but hey, I, I'm I'm doing better. I'm I'm alive. I'm thriving. Yes. I'm I'm you know, I'm doing my thing. Yes. That happened. Damn. Well, that's great. Yeah. Holy. Sn yeah. Well, then, then's be our stories, huh? <laughs> oh yeah. Now let's, <laughs> let's get to the final story. It's called "Accidents Happen." Um, it's kind of weird. It's now tied to Letty. 
Seriously, I did not even put it together, but yeah. How about you start us off, Letty? <laughs> Perfect. I don't know what we discovered. I know it's something dangerous, and I know that the urban legends we were told might carry an ounce or two of truth now. That's about all I can tell you. I work for a mining corporation that I will not name, just to protect myself and my company after our findings. We operate almost all around the world. We have multiple businesses that work under us. Lots of people call us corrupt. Corrupt. I think business is, in and of itself, a corrupt game. A large group of miners, including me, were recently sent to a cave in the Sonoran Desert of Mexico. The cave doesn't have an official name. It's deep in the desert, far from any civilization. It started to build up an online reputation, though, and has a nickname, Cueva de los Perdidos, or Cave of the Lost. The locals speak of ghosts, demons, paranormal occurrences, disappearances, and caving accidents and tragedies. Many are cliche stories, probably adapted from other urban legends just to fit the narrative of the cave. The most famous story of them all recounts how God began to cast his rejected beings into the cave, where they grew in hatred of him and started to plot vengeance through the destruction of his creations. I laughed at first when told that we would be prospecting in the cave. Seems pretty foolish of me now. So, our boss wanted us to check out the cave, see if there was any business worth doing. Rumors had been spreading around of mysterious new ores and rocks being found down in the caverns. Though, very few mining operations had been done in the cave before. Suppose my boss was trying to capitalize on the rumors. So, two months ago, our flights landed down in Mexico and we transitioned all of our gear, tools, and technology into the Sonoran Desert over the course of a few days, where we spent a night camping out in the desert. We gathered our tents in a large circle around the cave entrance, singing and dancing, drinking all night. The campfires blazed, and as the gusts and gales blew across the sands, they carried the embers of the campfires with them. One wind flew in that was strong enough to pull to put all the fires out simultaneously. Our drunken crew burst into laughter. I turned around and saw a quiet miner sitting at the edge of the party on a log. He was alone. He sat with a flask in his hand, taking slow sips. He chewed on his lower lip, couldn't seem to sit still, readjusting his legs, arms, and hands every few seconds. The next morning, we began to go down into the caves, setting up support beams and putting down scaffolding as we went along. A lot of progress was made in the first few days. A week or two had passed before we'd found any difference in the shape of the caverns. The cave was unnatural, almost blocky, like someone had carved it out themselves and shaped it into the form of an underground dungeon. The tunnels appeared like hallways and corridors. The main stretch of cavern itself began to follow a semi-pattern, a spiral, almost like it was a massive staircase. You enter the cave from the top, walk down a long tunnel, then find yourself dropping down onto another level, with another corridor, which dropped to another corridor. 
We managed to get deep underground these. Nobody talked about the odd patterns. Hundreds of platforms, ladders, and support beams later. We were almost halfway through the cave. At least, judging by estimates. The distance we covered daily began to decrease after that. Plenty of ores had been found already and taken back to the surface. And other minerals and rock samples were brought up as well. Thought to be scientific discoveries. We went deeper still, in time, but the cave started to become less recognizable. The pattern was broken. We reached a crossroads where multiple tunnels now intersected. Our boss ordered us to split into groups, and we began a day-by-day -day scan of each tunnel to see where they led. My group hadn't been exploring for too long when I noticed the pile of skeletons and other remains. None were human. There was a single corpse that was still rotting, that of a dog, except it had sharper, more pronounced teeth like fangs. The rest of its body was too decayed to make out any other details. The carcass was wrong, almost like it was backward or upside down. The bone structure wasn't correct, its head was misshapen, the legs weren't facing the right way. After finding the pile, a cold wind blew through the caverns, and I shivered. Shit. Ain't normal. Something's down here for sure, said one of the miners. Yeah, the monster under your bed, I replied shortly. My wisecracking couldn't make the mushy feeling inside of me disappear. The miner replied with some insensitive joke about my mother, and we laughed. Glances were exchanged between us all as we left behind the remains. I held my breath. For the rest of the day, hardly anyone spoke a word to each other. Every step down the tunnels felt like a step further into hell. You know that don't fuck with me feeling you get just before a fistfight? I was starting to get that feeling from the caverns. We returned to the surface a few hours later with plenty of progress made. The other tunnels of the crossroads were later that were later that night discovered to fray off into diff other directions. More piles of skeletons had been found, though none as large as the first. Our boss was confronted later that night about it all. A group of us, including myself, cornered him nearby the entrance to the cave. First pile wasn't that scary. Now we've seen more. You can't tell us there isn't something dangerous down there now, can you? Said a miner. I watched our boss break into a sweat. Look, there has to be something rational to explain all of that. The caves are barren. You've seen it. Whatever's killing everything has to already be dead itself. After beating out its competition, don't you think? He tried to rationalize. Now, all of you can stop complaining immediately, or your pay is going to get docked. Understood? Nobody said a word. But everyone did leave him behind with a cold stare before turning in the opposite direction and climbing into their tents. The mattress of my bed felt like cement under, under me. I couldn't get comfortable, no matter how I sprawled myself out. I remembered how the other miners tried to drink it off. I took a sip of whiskey, rolled over, and fell asleep in an instant. The next morning, we continued to explore down into the caverns. A lot of the day was spent traveling through 
what we had already explored, trying to get back down to the bottom, one of our miners threw up, splattering vomit all over the wall as we started to travel down one of the tunnels at the back of the cavern. They were taken back up to the surface and didn't come back down for two days. It seemed the walls of the tunnel were beginning to close in on us the farther we walked. The caves were starting to get colder too. I felt a chill shoot up my back and somewhere in the recesses of my mind. I heard the slithering and rattling of a snake. It hissed just before I snapped back into reality. There were tiny edges in the tunnel walls, like the drawings of kindergartners or cavemen. I observed them and figured they could still be natural, due to progressively changing texture and color of rocks. It had started off with tan and light brown, and w was now a light gray. It went from smooth at the start to rough and crumbly, like the cave was coming closer to collapse than it was before. We reached a small intersection of tunnels, and that was when the headlight on my helmet caught a glimpse of something scattered papers all over the floor and the decayed chunks of what used to be a desk. There were wooden support beams holding up the cavern. Rot riddled them. One was cracked in half, with the upper part broken on the rocky ground. I stepped over the pile of pebbles and picked up one of the papers, looking it over. The handwriting was neat and in cursive, though I could hardly read the thin scratch on the paper. I gathered up all of the sheets and bundled them into my bag and then looked around to see if any other miner, to see other miners staring at me. One swallowed hard, another wide-eyed stared down one of the intersecting tunnels, the one farthest to the right. Let's go this way, he said. I made a mental map of where we were in case our group ended up getting lost. I thought about the papers again, thinking to read through them later. I, I started down the tunnel and found it led straight to a dead end. The wall was covered in tiny scratches, almost invisible to the surface rock. The sweat on my body seemed to become thicker. We all turned around, and by the time we had explored the next tunnel over, we needed to head back up to the surface. I shot one last glance behind me as we found ourselves at the original intersection, the one at the bottom of the cave. All I saw down the tunnels was endless, silent darkness. We made the same tiring climb to the surface again, yet it felt longer than it had before. One of us almost passed out from the heat. We had to hold them steady for a while before proceeding upward. We made it back out as the sun was setting over the Sonoran Desert. The skies were pumpkin orange and filled with dry, secretive malice. The temperature was dropping with each pass passing minute. By the time the clouds were beginning to roll in, the wind was picking up. Everything had gone black and indigo. Faint outlines and silhouettes could be seen dancing outside of my tent, which I remained inside of alone. I remembered the papers and tore open my bag in a trance, ripping them all out. I picked one up, which read at the top. June, June 25th, 1934. Christ, the days have been long for my crew and I. We haven't found anything of interest in those caves other than uneasy feelings. The wind seemed to blow here a lot and it always comes during the most dramatic moments. I can't figure out why. The only thing I can think of, but perhaps it's because of nothing much here to see. It's a cave, after all. We reached the bottom yesterday. I can't wait to see what else we come across tomorrow. 
I'll keep a note of it and all here, and perhaps I'll have at least one good story to tell my wife by, time, by the time I get back from this expedition. John Wilson. I felt a rock in my stomach after I finished reading that paragraph. I almost got bored of reading them when I came across one that caught my interest more than the others had. July 18th, 1934. A few days have passed. The cave is different now. It feels like it has a voice. That voice is urging us to leave. We came across a pile of skeletons too. Ugly looking things. The bone structure wasn't correct. It was like God himself has reached his hand out of the sky and played with them until they were mangled about mangled piles of scrap. I don't think I want to keep doing this. I haven't been the most I haven't been the most fondest of this operation the whole time. And there's something. Force. It wants us to leave. It hasn't even had to say a word to let us know that. I swallowed, then skimmed the next few paragraphs. I came across one from a few days after that I read the entirety of. July 29, 1934. I haven't been praying much, but goddamn, I prayed hard last night. God does not want us to keep going down there. I don't want us to keep going down there. It's where rejects go. The failures go. It's not quite like hell. It's where God ideas didn't go, didn't work and go to rest. There was another page. One word was written on it, scribbled in a manic crazed font. Trapped. That was what appeared to be the end of the journal. I froze for a moment. My hand held a death grip on the single piece of paper. I tossed it aside, rolled over and shut my eyes as tightly as I could. I decided I would talk to our boss the next day to see if we had to keep going down there. In my heart, I knew the answer. The morning came, I woke up in a haze, rubbed the sleep out of my eyes and drank a pot of coffee in record time. I went out to find my boss, carrying the crumpled up papers from the night before. He was standing, staring into the caverns. His hands clasped behind his back and eyes squinted. The sky was painted orange and violet. Can you explain this? I unveiled the piece of paper and shoved it into his hands. I found it in the caverns yesterday. I folded my arms and tapped my foot as he eyed it down, looking at me occasionally. He gave me a long stare before he handed it back. His lips were pursed, eyes like that of a snake's. You still want us to go down there, don't you? I asked. There was no rubble where we found this journal. He wasn't trapped by rocks. There was no cave collapse, and there's no evidence of it either. Something happened down there. You're over overhyping this. Crazy shit happens in caves all the time. Don't like it? Don't sign up for the job. I'm warning you. Don't get in my way, my boss said. I stared at him for an entire minute, counting the seconds. He turned to the cave and refused to look me in the eyes. I watched a bead of sweat warm on his forehead. You know you're wrong. I hope you can live with that, I said, turning away. We went back down into the cave soon after. My skin felt icy. There was a strong, almost impossibly cool draft of air. I felt a brush against my flesh, all of my hair standing on end. Something warmed inside of me, crawling through my guts. I, I wanted to throw up all over the walls and run in the other direction, like John Wilson. We found nothing of interest that day other than uneasy feelings. The only difference being, John wasn't prepared for when we would find something of interest in the coming days. 
I was. That night I prayed hard, just like John had. It was the first time in my life I'd ever prayed. I had lived most of my days believing in nothing but luck and the natural law of the universe. When I was young, I'd even used to make fun of the more devout of the Christians at my school. I went to bed feeling like the world had stopped spinning on its axis and just dead weight, floating in the blackness of space. Incoherent whispers rambled in the back of my mind. I fell asleep and went straight into a dream. I woke up, surrounded by piles of rotting corpses and skeletons. All were mangled, gods action figures per se, bent in all the wrong places. Some had fangs where they shouldn't have, others had teeth, scales and claws. I saw a single human body, its flesh was still decomposing, the eyes were sunken like a shark's, black and purple rimmed the eyelids. The mouth, fraying away into rotten flesh, was curled to a ghoulish grin. Yellow, unnaturally large teeth revealed themselves behind the gray, cracked lips. There were strange symbols appearing in front of me, like eye floaters. I tried to read them and couldn't. I jolted awake, almost grabbing the bowie knife that sat near my bed. I could tell through the fabric of my tent that the sun wasn't rising yet. We all ate, gathered our tools, and made the trek into the caverns once more. The walk down was long. Somebody vomited again. Their puke splattered the walls and dripped down. It briefly took the shape of one of the symbols I had seen the night before. Almost something like a triangle. I felt thick, acidic vomit rising up my throat like a gushing volcano. And I sped it out in a stream, wiping my mouth. Everyone stared at the small splash of reddish-orange on the ground, then glanced back at me. I swallowed hard and didn't say a word. It took us longer than it should have to reach the bottom. We walked past the pile of skeletons once more, and I felt a shiver run through me as I remembered the human from the dream the night before. Its shark-like, hungry eyes, the devilish smile. It wasn't a clever thing. It was animalistic. It didn't believe in anything other than the hunt, and it told me all of that with a simple show of its face. I wondered if I'd encounter the same body down in the mine. Our group took a few steps forward to a tunnel that had been led relatively unexplored so far. The rock around the entrance of it was dark gray in color. Shadows loomed and stretched across the stone corridor. My blood started to boil inside my veins. <laughs> the smell of skeletons and the corpses never left my nostrils, always lingering on the bare ed edge of my senses, almost like they were taunting me. I started to feel hungry. My stomach growling and clawing at my insides. I watched the shadows along the walls as our flashlights shined beams of white into the darkness. The tunnel grew more narrow. The taller men had to duck their heads a little. We came to a fork in the path. It split off into six different directions. I remember staring down each and seeing the same in every tunnel. Nothing but shadows shrouding the horrors that tainted the caves. Farthest left, let's move, barked the leading man. We walked down the tunnel. I heard echoes of dripping sounds from somewhere ahead of us. Gurgling water could be heard too. A wind of chilling air brushed my hair and I sniffled. My flesh bubbled up as it became colder. 
Sure as hell isn't getting any warmer, I thought to myself. My heart started to thrum inside my chest. Every footstep resonated, like a choir of galloping horses. The roof got lower, and the ground became stonier. I shined my light along the floor and watched the small bug scuttle away from me. I had to duck just to make sure I didn't hit my head against the roof of the cave. Our leading miner turned towards us, his eyes wide and round. They sparkled like glittering diamonds, glazed with suppressed thoughts and feelings. We're gonna split into two groups to get more done today. I want to see two whole tunnels explored, at least if we can get to the end of each. He separated some of the tail end of our group off and kept the rest, including me, in the tunnel that we were already in. The march continued on, uneventfully so. The cave ceiling raised up a little. Soreness expanded through my neck and spine as I straightened my back out. I cracked the stiff joints in my neck, feeling each individual pop. The cave started coming darker. The color of the rock was a darker shade of gray now, almost black. A few of the miners whispered to each other. My mind felt blank, going off a simple command. Take a step, take a step. We passed a couple of rotting, falling support beams. They were cracked and splintered at multiple points. We had split completely, with one end laying ahead of the other pieces. I stepped on a splintered scrap and listened to the crunching and cracking of it under my foot. We continued to find small ruins along the way. Fragments of tables and desks, crumpled papers that I scooped up, old tools, cobwebs, anything you'd expect to find in an abandoned mineshaft. Mineshaft. I listened in, hearing a wind echoing from somewhere in the back of the tunnels and the sound of gushing water that overshadowed it. I looked at one of the papers. The strange symbols I saw in my dream were drawn all over it, scribbled maniacally. I shuddered, dropping the page. It floated down to the ground, flipping, flipping over as it went. There were more symbols on the back as well. Three whole paragraphs of them. Another miner looked at the paper and frowned. His eyes started to grow wider. The hell is that? He asked. I stared at the paper and shrugged, not speaking a word. Are you okay? He questioned. Me? Yeah. Yeah, I'm alright. Please just creeps me out a little. I said. He nodded his head, teeth bared in a grimace. We went deeper. In a few minutes, we discovered a pit. I studied its shape. There were corners, and along the edges, there were walkways. The sound of the water grew deeper here, like it surrounded me. I coughed, feeling like I was drowning. A puddle of vomit shot from my nostrils and mouth and landed somewhere below in the darkness. The sourly bitter taste of puke hung at the back of my throat. My nostrils sizzled. Scanning the area, I saw nothing but the pit. I shined my headlight along the edge, watching bugs scurry towards us like they were running from something. One began to crawl up my leg, so I shooed it off. The same one came back just a moment later. That was when I heard a deafening, blood-curdling scream. All of the miners turned and stared at our leading man. His own eyes were slick and oily, and his mouth was twisted with, into a scowl. 
tingle shot through me. My knees became weak, like they were going to give out. There was a loud roar, like that of a lion, and other beastly sounds. A few more screams from other miners broke the silence. All of us stood. We started to run away, but most of us stayed in place. I felt sweat in my palms and in my armpits. The cave bells silent after that, other than the sound of the gushing water. We're going back up now. Just stay calm. They could have just been caught in a collapse. In a collapse, said our leading man. Caught in a collapse? Can you explain all that noise then? Asked somebody from the group. Sure as hell can't, but I like to keep my sanity. Let's get going. We scrambled out, out of the tunnel. Most speed walked, a couple sprinted. The rest, like me, took up a slow jog. I heard the soft padding of feet behind us. Claws racking against stone grounds. There was a low growling from somewhere. That's when everybody began to sprint. Tools were discarded and backpacks were left behind. I fought the urge to look behind me. There was a loud hissing, almost like a hybrid between a bee and a rattlesnake. I heard a monkey-like shriek. We approached the end of the tunnel and all squeezed between the tight spaces. I got stuck in the very back and had to listen to the charging creatures the whole way down. One of them whispered to me, laughing in between their words. Their voice was shaky and hypnotic, carrying a weird rhythm. We emerged from the other side. I shot one last glance around and caught a glimpse of a bright, wispy eye. It glowed red. We charged to the nearest ladders and climbed out. A few miners screamed now. I helped one of them climb up as vomit dribbled from their mouth and down their shirt. The light of the surface was slowly starting to draw closer. I felt a winding sigh escape from me. All of us rested for a moment on a rocky ledge, drinking from our water bottles and drawing in deep breaths. The coppery, metallic scent of blood started to waft up from somewhere in the bottom of the cave. Every one of us began to retch and vomit, bile coating the cavern walls. What the hell was going on? Someone said, nearly choking on their own puke. We finished, wiped our mouths, and continued our journey back up to the surface. All of my muscles tensed up every time I reached for another rung of the ladder. We walked along one of the wider stretches of the cave, then found another set of ladders and went up. We were nearing the surface when we encountered another group of miners who were ahead of us. Hey, said our leading man. They turned around. They were drenched in sweat, panting heavily. What happened? Davis went, miss went missing, heard all the screams and got out of there. We came out of the caverns like a battalion of marching soldiers. Every single miner in the camp surrounded the boss's tent. One of the leading miners shouted insults at him for five minutes until he came out. His face was not unlike that of a criminal who's been caught red-handed. Look, it could have just been a cave-in or something. You never know. Relax. We can't find their bodies if it col did collapse. Too dangerous, said the boss. Now will all of you back off? What? What? Are you going? Are you gonna send us back down there? Tell us to rub some dirt on it, General Eisenhower? Are we your fighting boys now, going to get the crots at Bastog? Someone taunted. 
He looked down, in a way, and then gulped. The rest of the day, the entire camp was filled with whispers about the boss. He's not gonna do shit about it, is he? Someone asked me. I took a long sip from a flask. We'll see about that. Our boss was found hanging in his tent the next morning. The entire camp packed up and left for home. I haven't gone to work or been sent any news about new expeditions since I returned home. I've been having visions at night. Even though I forget them when I wake up, I know I've been having them because I see glimpses of them every day. Just short glimpses. But I never remember fully what they're about. I see the symbols sometimes too. I can read them. I can understand the whispers better now. They're more coherent. I don't know everything that goes on down there, but I do know. But I do at the same time. Like a car. You don't see the engine start, but you hear it and you know it's running. I'll try to keep it short. Sometimes God fails when he makes things. Sometimes he needs a place to put them. And sometimes God doesn't want everybody to see that he has failed. Happy Halloween! <laughs> Happy Halloween! <laughs>